Hello, friends. You're now listening to the Lifestyle, Leisure, and Sports Show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I just said I'm it on the radio. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Look sure it up. Because it's Hulk sure Hogan. Is. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. I mean, he's from Hollywood, brother. <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, let's do a live on a first Friday miracle edition of the program. Bo and the boys with you for the next three. Mass Chad, we're going to join us at 1033 from PFF College. Put a list out actually this morning on the top 10 quarterbacks in college football. Heading into next season, is Will Howard on that list? We'll get the answer to that and how he sees the Chip Kelly offense melding with the Ryan Day offense. You got that at 1033. Ben Coogan to join us at 1133 awful announcing. The sports business world is just boomtown right now. A lot of huge decisions being made, many of them having to do with the college football playoff. We will get to that. Um, there, there appears to be a permanent home on that. How will it affect the Buckeyes? Will they be viewed, treated differently because of it? Um, we're going to get to that at 9.33. Lots to get to over the course of the, the next three, let alone the fact that it is a first Friday. You will get it officially endorsed, and it's a Hey Guys first Friday. So you can get those questions into the fellas uh, at 971-BFS, and they will take care of you on that front. Guys, i got to tell you, I, um, I didn't know how to address this. Um, I thought about addressing it with you both privately, but I feel like we share... Um, all of our lives with the audience. And so I thought I would just do it publicly. Um, I am just wildly disappointed in both of you. If either of you are going to interview for a job with the Cleveland Browns, then damn it, I need to know about it. I'm not going to want to hear about on social media how radio guys I do radio with are interviewing with the Browns, and and I got to hear about it from 65 text messages and 65 Twitter replies adding me and everything. Is there truth to this? Look, I have an association with both. If you would have liked something like that to happen, just ask. I put in a good word for you. I'd be thrilled to be done with either one of you. But I have to hear about it through these other venues, through these other the other channels, and I'm just wildly disappointed in both of you. You, shouldn't you have heard about it from like an inner office email? You're the Browns GM. If That's somebody right. is interviewing with the Browns, right. the That's general right. manager yeah. of everything. Did I the prefer email to go to the wrong folder because that happens. You guys, you guys can't call me. You I don't even know me? what you're talking about. I did not get added in any of these tweets. I you do, were referring. and for the record, I he do doesn't? not. You really don't know. Chops doesn't. No, Chops, you didn't see this yesterday. No, I did not. What happened? Threes reportedly interviewed for a job with the Cleveland Browns. Oh boy. Yeah, reportedly. Reportedly, he did. Reportedly. What in the hell are we talking about here, man? And you, what does you, it take to be a reportedly anymore? I was trying to find who, like, I'll use air quotes too, broke that report. I couldn't track it down. <laughs> I know I got texted literally 1.6 million times between the hours of 345 and 6 o'clock yesterday. Um, so I know the NEO that- transformation blog guy again? <laughs> Damn him. I got it from, um, uh, I got it on social nonstop. Um, look, I think I can say pretty emphatically that, that whatever that was, no one knows where it came from that has any sort of validity. Well, you can, a cool thing about the internet is you can just say whatever you want and say sources and boom, all of a sudden you have a report and you're a reporter. I guess. You're also a doctor and a lawyer and an expert on foreign policy, whatever it could be. Everything whatever. is available to you on the you internet. Do anything that you'd like. 
Um, yeah, it was, so uh, there, there was, there was no truth to James, um, interviewing, um, or having interviewed with the Cleveland Browns for anything. Um, for whatever reason, he is not in, and this is, this is conjecture. This isn't scores or anything. For whatever reason, that hasn't happened yet officially here. Um, I assume that that is, there is, T's and I's dotted and crossed that haven't worked out, but I have no idea. Uh, about Coach, that. they said um, last week that they were hoping to finalize the coaching staff by the middle yeah. of this week, but then obviously they had to go on a little bit of an offense coordinator search, which didn't take long, but no, I don't know if that quick. held anything up with, with getting that, but we are in the middle of this week at this point. Watch yeah. the offer go to said person's junk folder. <laughs> and like, he's looking for, he's like, what, didn't you get the emails? Like, uh, no, have you checked your junk folder? And it's sitting there. That does happen. That that will happen from time That'd be to time. Awkward. Yeah, that would be. I, I, I would assume that would be something that would take place face to face, though. This Go is ahead. a slightly different topic, but on that note, if you ever apply for a job, I think that they should be required to send you a rejection email. I don't like that when you apply to things, it's just out in the ether. I'm thinking back to like the time you know applying for jobs when I was recently out of college and everything, yeah. and you don't hear from anybody, and you're like, did it even go through? Does it even exist? They should at least be required to send you a rejection. Email. If you have an opening for a job, you have to send out a rejection email if you're not going to go further with somebody on an interview process. I don't have a problem with that. It's funny you bring this up. About a week ago, I was thinking about this. I was probably in my, I was definitely early 20s, maybe like 23, 24. I was in Tallahassee at the time and I interviewed for a job at uh, KUSA in Denver. And that was always like my dream station. And I know it's hard for the kids out there to understand. But there was a time where being like the main sports guy in a in a big market was a baller gig. Like it was great money. It was really fun. You really didn't work that much. You got to hobnob. You sat courtside. It's not that anymore. Everybody in but, town knew but, you. Oh my God. It was yeah, like the Burgundy stuff. There's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Now that that lifestyle. And I was lucky enough to get a little touch of the back end of the prime of that, but even the very, very good old days, it was even better than, than anything I ever had a chance to see. But it was, so I got an email. I emailed, I interviewed for the job. It was for the weekend guy. The guy who was the main guy was a guy I idolized. Um, in college, I was aware of him. It was somebody I thought that I em- emulated a lot. And I sent my tape in and, um, he was very kind enough to send me a rejection email. Um, and the rejection email was something along the lines of, um, we, great tape, so forth, so on. But I think we can only have one wise ass on air here because <laughs> I basically was a facsimile of him. Um, and it was, I remember reading it and being just devastated because I, you think like, well, but I, I, this job's open. These jobs are never open. I could get it. And it fell through. And I remember being devastated by it. It's so funny you bring that up because I just thought about it like two weeks ago that he took the time to write it. And was actually pretty funny about it. Like he gave some very good criticisms of my tape and was very, very cool with it. But you're right. Most people don't. It can be disheartening, of course, but it's better than just sitting there with like, did they even get my cover letter and my resume? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's speaking of uh, with with Valentine's Day. This is NBC goes off today to school and he's got. So we're going to, he's got his little girlfriend. He had to ask her if she would be his Valentine. I told you that story yesterday. Um, and she's, she did, she acquiesced, which I didn't understand. I've been dating for dating for like a month. Did you then have um, to ask the blonde if she would be your Valentine? We're long past that. And so he goes, uh, he, he gets a little treat. And I think he probably, he had another girlfriend around Christmas. So I think he maybe overdid that gift. And it was, I think the parents were like, that's pretty aggressive. And so, 
like he ended up breaking up with her within a couple of weeks. But this one, they've been planning for this. So, you know, they, he has a little card, a little candy, like all this stuff, and he, and he goes off to school. And uh, when I say dating, that essentially means they play Fortnite. That's really what it is. Well, they went, no, they went on a date on Friday. You told us. Oh, that's true. They did. They went to Chipotle. So, yeah, they did that. So they did Chipotle, and now they they play some Fortnite together. Actually, it's more social than I am with my wife. So I guess we don't go on dates anymore. So maybe he's far ahead of the game. Um, but he he goes with his little Valentine's Day gift. He's got some candies and some some uh, some a card, and he goes to he delivers it. I'm told this morning, and she tells him sh- that she forgot his gift at home. So he now he died. Uh-huh. I don't know what to, I'm like that's now. She had said they had made plans to do the exchange. Like all of these things, I tend to believe her that she did um, because I he had told like he had showed me like look we planned all this out and all of this, but at the same time I'm a little nervous about how the rest of the day goes for NBC. A little nervous. Well, if everybody else is walking around with their Valentine gifts yep. and and he doesn't so have he anything was, to show off, she yeah. even said my mom is bringing it. I I my mom is bringing it. So she just better. That's what I'll tell J Lo tonight. It's okay. My mom's bringing the gift. You'll you'll see it eventually. Whenever she gets here, she'll she'll. How are you going to handle it? Did it not show? It did not show. I did tell her that I had gotten her a gift and it has not arrived. And she goes, "I thought we decided we weren't getting gifts," which makes me think she didn't get me one, which is fine. I don't really care. She specifically sent me a link to something, and I was like, "Sure," and I bought it. And it was, it, it's like a piece of personalized jewelry it's just the letter that's on it is personalized and it's you know so it's not like ordering from amazon and then it comes in a day or two or whatever it's you know from an individual who's making it and uh it was sent out february 6th and still not here so it's shipped the 6th that's what it said i don't know if it's coming from overseas i don't know it was only like 40 bucks i'm not too worried about it. okay yeah that's an eight day shipping process is pretty nervy Mm -hmm. at this point yeah i think if there are women out there driving around this is what i would tell you from our side of things we don't have a clue we we don't know what to do you say that you don't want flowers because they're a waste but then if we don't get them we're in trouble uh you that i don't think people do chocolates anymore um i you know like sometimes you'll see like well maybe you do like you know lingerie that type of stuff but i don't want to be just tell me just tell me I, i i won't take offense just tell me what you want me to do, and I will do what you want me to do. And I know that the thinking will be, well, we want you to think for yourselves and and know what we want. Do We're you? not that smart. Do you? We are not. We are morons. No, you don't want us thinking for ourselves. We don't have the first clue what you want. Just tell us. We, we honestly don't know. I, We're I, idiots. We're cavemen. We're bouncing our heads off walls. One time for Christmas, I bought J-Lo a... It was called the Fasta Pasta, and because she likes pasta, she makes it for lunch mm-hmm. often. And I was like, well, this one, you can just put the pasta in, and you put the water in, you microwave it for like 10 minutes, and it just cooks in there, so you don't have to watch a boiling pot of water and everything. She's like, yeah. that's really stupid. I'm never going to do that. And she has never used it. And I was like, I thought... I tried. I thought it was a really good idea. One time, she was like, oh, I, I can't find my tweezers. I lost my tweezers. And I was like, ooh, lock that away. And I was like, I'm going to get you some tweezers. Luckily, I ran that one by her, because she's like, that's not a good gift. I'll get tweezers if I need tweezers. I do find that the the Valentine's Day one especially is a little bit like the old adage of when you meet a bear in the woods, you don't have to be the fastest guy. You just have to be faster than the slowest guy. So you don't have to give the best gift. You just have to give a gift better than the worst. I think that's fair if we're comparing. Well, that's where the, that's where it comes from. They're yeah. not mad that they don't get a gift. They're mad that they see other people with gifts and then they didn't get anything. At least that's what 
I think. That's Again, that's the world you're living no, you, you don't know. We don't know. No. We're morons. We have, we have no idea. Lead us to water and then make us drink. Now, if you Just need stick me our to, heads in the water and make us drink. If you need that's me to talk about the makeup of the college football playoff, that I can offer now to I you. Now I got time. Now I can do it. Uh, the other thing that really bothers me about this day is the markup on the flowers. It's just brutal. They I literally mean, grow such, in the ground. Right. And last week, they would have been half as much as what they're going to cost me this today. And it's like, but what do you do? You're going to be the guy who doesn't? And then you got to live with that? That's not worth it. So just, I even said at one point, I've said this once to the blonde, I'm like, let's just do it. Let's just pick another day. The day is arbitrary. It's not like when Christ was born, we can pick it whenever we want. Like Valentine's Day can be February 7th. Easily. Solve it. Done. How about we sort it out? Valentine's Day, a national holiday, and make it the day after the Super Bowl. There we we go. Then everybody's happy. Come a full circle. Yeah, one time they were trying to push Sweetest Day on me. I said, no, we're not having Sweetest Day. That one is completely made up. I do not stand for that. We're not getting anything on Sweetest Day. Um, Look, there's not a whole lot sweet about the Buckeye basketball team at the moment. A little fight in the second half, but the end of the first half does them in. We will get to that. Um, Same thing with the it's Buckeye women. Keep rolling, baby. Let's keep it rolling. Let's make a run here. We got to have some things here that that give us something to be excited about. So so we'll get into all of that coming up. In addition to that, a wait, who called who about what? We'll explain coming up next. Fisherman Friends, right here on the fan. If you miss a live show, you can catch the podcast. If you miss the podcast, our hosts have volunteered to have dinner with you. Ah, the meatloaf! The- Drink recommendations, movie reviews, sports discussion, and whatever the hell Reeser does. This is Bishop and Friends. Yeah, there's no better time to sign up for the Typico Sportsbook. Get in on the betting action with the hoops, the hockey, the golf. The biggest college hoops tournament in March is right around the corner. Plenty of games to bet on and win big. Take advantage of those massive odds boosts for the biggest payouts. Try the new parlays. You can pick how many legs you need to hit and cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim your new sign-up bonus now and get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get your bonus. Download the Typico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem. Call 100Gambler for more on that. Did you guys see this from Woj this morning? What, on, uh, what's the, the bomb uh, this morning? It's un- it's pretty remarkable. So he and Ramona Shelbourne reporting that the Golden State Warriors made a play for LeBron James. That <laughs> in, in the time leading up to the trade deadline, they called the Lakers and tried to acquire LeBron James to play with Steph. That would be... I don't even know what to compare that to in other sports or, or LeBron to join up with Steph Curry and the Warriors after, you know, obviously all the history they had between the Cavs and the Warriors over those four NBA finals. I I don't know what to do, what to do well, with it that. would have been fun. Yeah, it definitely would have been fun. It would have it would have been interesting. Would have added a team, especially because of where the Warriors are at. They just like got into like tenth place or right around there. So they're in the play in right now. How much would they play themselves self up or would they kind of end up in there? And then all of a sudden would you have a Steph LeBron Warriors team taking on like the Nuggets in the first round? Like that's yeah. something that, yeah, can really change the complexion completely of the NBA playoffs. Because LeBron is, you know, the walking NBA ratings meter too. Yeah, I just wondered, like, what was the – so the, this is the, this is from the reporting. There was a 24-hour window prior to the trade deadline that including owner-to-owner conversations between the Warriors and the Lakers 
and trying uh, to uh, an unsuccessful bid to convince the Lakers and LeBron James to consider a trade to pair him with Curry. The the Warriors were eager to present a deal a, pa- a deal package to L.A., but neither the Lakers nor James ultimately willing to explore a potential blockbuster. Even at 39, James is playing at an All NBA level uh, that stirred the Warriors' imagination about his ability to extend the window of the franchise's fading dynasty. Um, I can't even imagine what the package would be. You could argue it would make sense for the Lakers to have done something like this because they are. It feels like they're not really going to go anywhere. There'll be a playoff team, I would assume. I haven't even looked at NBA standings. I'm assuming in the mix. D'Angelo um, Russell's been playing really well for them as of late as well. So they've yeah. got so that. right now, well, right now they're the nine. So the Warriors are the ten. They're the nine. Is is where they stand in in the West, and they're two games out of the eight, two and a half out of the seven, and three and a half out of the six, which would keep them out of the the play-in portion of the extravaganza. But Man, from the an NBA, NBA standpoint, that would have been as big a win as can be. Although you would have probably, they probably would have preferred Steph to come to LA, which maybe tells you a little bit more about Steph than it does about LeBron, that it was almost impossible to imagine Steph not playing for the Warriors. I don't think Steph yeah, has any interest in leaving the Warriors at this point. And I, I would think that LeBron joining the Warriors is a better title chance than Steph joining the Lakers. I it just I think feels it's the other way. At this so? point, yeah, it'd be the Lakers. I think it's the Lakers because you still have Anthony Davis. So you have Anthony Davis, Shaq, or Anthony Davis, LeBron, Steph, and then they do have young pieces like Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. Now, some of those guys would have had to gone to if it went the other way, they mm-hmm. would have had to gone to Golden State. But they do have some young role players that could make it a little bit interesting. Um, but that would have been that. So that came and went. And it's funny. I'm already seeing like the uh, mock NBA drafts that somebody had a mock NBA draft to the, the Cavs drafting Bronny. So I was just curious, like, how's it going for Bronny at USC? Remember he was, he had the terrifying heart mm-hmm. uh, issue this summer where he was, you know, carted off the court in Southern California, went through some treatment. He was cleared to play here in the last couple of months. He's averaging like five and a half points a game at SC and they're terrible. So how look I guess if you want to draft him to so that, to convince LeBron to play is that the deal? I mean that seems hollow. How that do, shouldn't be if you're the Cavs. No. no I, I don't think that's what the the Cavs need to do, but I don't know I, I like I think that would be enough to get LeBron to like consider the Cavs. I think that the Cavs would always possibly be in consideration for him, but it, it, we've talked so much about how like he's set up so much in LA and it feels like that's where he wants to play yeah. out his career. But I I would caution any other team from trying that. I do not think that the let's say the Pelicans are going to be able to pull something off just by drafting no. Ronnie James and as of right now as you laid out the statistics there, it doesn't sound like he's going to be somebody who's going to be a lottery pick or anything like that, but it, I would have. How do you even see UCLA see not him? consistently be great at basketball? Which one? USC. Both of them. UCLA is a little bit up and down a lot, um, but and they've been good. The, you know, the first yeah. few years of Cronin, but they're, they've they've fallen off a little bit. But like, how is USC also not like? There's got to be tons of talent there in is, basketball out there. There's no history at USC, hardly at all. It's a little bit like UCLA football. Like there just is. They're inverted. Mm-hmm. You know, UCLA basketball has the potential of USC football. Um, the, the difference, like Mick's trying to build like real teams. He's not interested too much in the one and done stuff. So you could do one and done at UCLA. Like if Calipari was at UCLA, there's no question that they would thrive in one and done. And they would, Andy Enfield does that at USC. Like he'll, he's all for it on the one and done stuff. And they've had a couple of runs. Um, it's just, you know, a little bit of a down year this year. LeBron's averaging 25, seven and eight 
shooting 52% from the field at 39. Is he ever going to stop playing? That's the. It just feels That's like crazy. a universal truth of the NBA right now. That yeah. when That's is the crazy. fall off going to happen? And we did the same thing with Tom Brady, one of the you know yeah. the, possibly the greatest in his sport, and LeBron possibly the greatest in his. And these guys, just the longevity that they can have is unheard of. And I don't know if anybody's going to be able to match it. That's why you know we've been talking about Mahomes yeah. a lot, obviously, because the Super Bowl and everything. Is he going to be able to withstand what the NFL does to your body? For as long as Tom Brady was able to do it. He's at least plays a position where it's possible. Yes. You know, where you're protected. You mentioned fall off. It happened where it always happens for the Buckeye men. It happened right before half. So this was a Peacock game last night. Um, I went looking for it on the, again, I'm looking for it on the cable. And of course it's not there. So you got to go, all right, get in an app. All right, fine. Uh, you got a tight game and then you get a run right before half and you've got some guts in the second half to make it close, but they're not good enough to be down double digits on the anywhere, let alone on the road, and come back. The offense is too hard for them to come by. So you get buried, and it's done. So at, at half, at 34-21, I, I didn't need to see anymore. I, I knew how it would go. I've, I've read the book. They do, they do not have enough dudes to make a run down 10 on the road. They just don't. No, and it was 18-18 six minutes left or whatever. And right. then it was a 13 or 16 to three run for Wisconsin games over all of a sudden, a 13 point lead at halftime. They were able to stretch that at the beginning the Buckeyes right under 10 minutes, got it down to five, which I was still watching at that point, maybe perk up a little bit, but I didn't have a ton of confidence. And then it immediately went back with a Wisconsin run. They pushed it back to 10 at 57, 47. Yep. It was over from there. And it's, it's disheartening even more when it's a game where Roddy Gale and Bruce Thornton each go for 18. And yeah. it's like, that should be enough. The way this yeah. team is constructed, but it's not because also because of the way the team's constructed. There's just not enough assists on there. And then on Peacock, they were also, uh, Hardman was in and he made a few threes and stuff. I got to tell you, I have no point of reference on Hardman on this team. They were talking <laughs> like he's like a spark plug off the bench and stuff. And I was like, who is this guy? He hasn't played at all this year. <laughs> he really hasn't. No, no. And he played 21 minutes. So they're looking for something. You know, he's a guy who came in who was a shooter, and he ends up hitting two out of three. They end up going seven of 18 from three, and he had two out of the three of them. Um, I think the things to look for big picture, like Scotty Middleton playing a minute. So that's just dwindled to the point of, you know, you're, you're kind of the point of no return on that side of things. Um, and again, it just it kind of simple. Like you dig a hole, they're not good enough to dig themselves out of it. They're just not. Uh, certainly not on the road. Um, uh, yeah, Hardman. Yes, sophomore. Knock down some threes, baby. Let's awesome. go. Let's go. He's Let's the real engine of this offense. Yeah, apparently. He really was. The Jackets were, I mean, that. what, I, what are they doing at goalie? What are they doing? So apparently Elvis wasn't feeling too well yesterday, so they didn't feel that it was the right time to pull Tarasov despite them going down 3-1 in the first period. And it's the way it happens, too. They were up 1-0. And then to give up a power play, a normal goal, and a shorthanded goal all in 4 minutes and 58 seconds. So you're not good at any facets of the game right now because Ottawa is also they've been playing better as of late, like you know the last nine games or so. I think they're like 6-2-1 I was reading. But they're not a very good team. We are the worst team in the East. We have 42 points. We're the fourth worst team in hockey. That's who the Blue Jackets are. Do you know who leads the Blue Jackets in goals this season? 
No, I don't. I'll, I'll give you a hint. He wears the C on his chest. Yeah. Boone Jenner Boone had a 16th Jenner. goal last night. Leads the leads the club. He's only played in 37 of 52 games. Yeah, it's oh. brutal, brutal, brutal. All right, let's have some fun. Um, ESPN saying, I think we'll take it from here, college football playoff. We'll get you the details on that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. News, opinions, and insight all before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. What's up? What's up, man? What's up, Here's what's up on a first Friday Miracle Edition. Uh, The news yesterday that ESPN and the college football playoff are nearing, are they're they're in an agreement on a six-year deal worth $7.8 billion, with a B, that will make the network the home of the 12-team tournament through the 2031-2032 season. Once college football leaders sort out the specifics of how the postseason's new era will operate, sources briefed told The Athletic. Yesterday, the full contract's completion is still contingent on college football playoff leaders finalizing the details of the expanded format in the wake of the implosion of the Pac-12. We'll get to that in a second. The college football's management committee and board of managers have meetings scheduled for next week and continue to work through the the process of settling their outstanding issues. Those are big. Um, and they're going to vote on a plan, and we'll have the details of that coming up at 10 o'clock. Um, the ESPN deal will not be ratified until uh, the commissioners and the presidents vote on the structure. ESPN has two years remaining on its current deal, which carries an average payment of sixty uh, billion, sixty million per six hundred to eight million. I'm sorry, per year, and includes the college football semifinals and championship, plus the other four New Year's Six bowl games. A six-year extension will cost one point three billion per year. The price at which uh, that it was reported that it's going to happen one point three billion per year. This is when you see these, and this is just for the playoff kids. This isn't. This is all on top of the rest of it. Um, of the money from the television networks that is there, um, the, the likes of which the Big Ten and the, and the SEC are going to start to lap everybody else, literally doubling in some instances what the other conferences can make. And now you're going to have this on top of it. And by the way, they're going to have the biggest seat at this table. So those two conferences are going to get to decide what this thing looks like. They're going to get to decide. And this is just the winners write the history. And the Big Ten and the SEC won. And so they're going to write the history. They're going to write the, the future of the sport as well. And they're going to do so with ESPN. Now, ESPN could – I was reading this morning that ESPN could, if they wanted to, they could farm – they could sublease some of these games if they wanted to. Like if this mm-hmm. goes to a 16 team, they could sell them uh, to, to Fox. And they do have a loose partnership with Fox through that app that they're going to launch. Um, I was surprised that that Fox didn't put a competitive bid on this. Um, I was surprised that ESPN is going to go it alone because what this means once this is ratified is from now until 2032, the Big Ten will not be on the home of the college football playoff until the playoff. That's what it means. Um, so I was surprised that nobody else, that this wasn't more an NFL model where they split it among multiple networks. Yeah, that's always when that report came out in a month or two ago that it looked like it was going to be ESPN. It was going to get it. And it's like, man, they're expanding the games. And they're doing that. I wonder if it's because of the weird dates and times that they're laying out. And a network like Fox is like, well, we can't bump our Thursday night programming indefinitely. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that might be a factor. And that's why ESPN now, 
they essentially own college sports, except for the NCAA tournament, which is, you know, we all know CBS, TNT, they, they share those rights. Yep. ESPN basically owns all D1 championships now. We had that that they paid for oh, all that's the other right. D1 championships. Yep. They re-upped that deal. So that includes softball, the women's tournament, baseball, all those things that we, we see throughout the year. Um, and ESPN is, they're just going to own college sports because they have places to put it. I think that's the biggest factor with this because the schedule, you mentioned the NFL model. But it's not an NFL schedule, and I think that's the hardest part for other networks who aren't sports-specific all the time that are going to do this because you think, oh, man, that's so much ESPN is paying. Are they going to let some of the bowl games out? Probably not because Fox doesn't want to show a bowl game at 1 p.m. on a Wednesday in the middle of December. And also the NFL's got their rights going to 2033. So I wonder if once the college football, this new deal that was announced yesterday by ESPN and the NFL when their rights start to come up for renegotiation if that coincides with ESPN jumping more into the NFL and then, like you said, either leasing or getting out of college football playoff games or the ESPN just saying, to your point, Chops, we're just going to take all the college stuff. So they'll have the at thing. least one. I think it'll be the latter. Yeah. And I think that the simple answer to why is because it's ascending. College sports continue to ascend. It's not just football. We talk about it all the time. Like it, it continues to get more and more eyeballs. College football does. It's the, the NFL is the king and college football is the prince. And they're both continuing to grow their market share year in and year out over the rest of, of sports. Everything else is either, it's either plateaued or it's dwindling in terms of the major sports in this country, in terms of who's watching them nationally. So, but it's not just football. Look what's happening in the women's college game. The ratings that that they delivered. Now, some of that's Caitlin Clark, but some of that is also just the ascent of that sport. We talk in the spring about the Women's Softball World Series, the Baseball World Series, the lacrosse, the wrestling, all of these things, they are having ascending eyeballs watching them more and more year in and year out. Football's the king of the whole thing, absolutely. Here's the other thing to think about this, though, fellas. Not only is this an incredibly lucrative, and obviously it begs the question, good Lord, just revenue share so you can control this thing a little bit and give them a taste and then solve so many issues. You have plenty to go around. The other thing is, if ESPN is this committed, $7.8 billion committed to college football and the playoff, remember, they have shareholders that they have to meet and they've got to make happy. It's Bob Iger's job to make sure that they do, they are. How much can they really go for an NBA re-up? How much can they go when an NHL re-up comes up? Major League Baseball. Can can they afford as a cable? They're, they're based on cable buy. That's their whole business was based on cable buy. And now it's ESPN Plus and all of those things they're trying. But like their, their apex was everybody paying two and a half bucks to have it on your cable. And that's dwindling. So can they afford, and I, I don't have the answer to it, but can they afford to be into this big a business with college athletics and still go to bat for NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball? And, of course, to your point, they're going to fight for NFL as much as anything. They want to make sure they stay at a seat at that table. But the rest of this stuff, and Mark Cuban alluded to this once not long ago, that that money might not be there the way you think it is in the next NBA, CBA. It won't for them, and they're up next at the end of next season, yeah. so they're going to start to negotiate or at least have <laughs> send a text be like, hey, anybody want the NBA? But you know, with the uncertainty surrounding the NBA's RSN, it almost feels like, and similarly with the NHL, 
who I, I think what ESPN and TNT, and I think there has been some interest with the NHL of NBC getting back into that mix. What the what the difference is between interest and actual? Here's what we will pay you for it. I, I don't know if either of those leagues can command. No, and I I don't know what the negotiations look like because I think the NFL gets to go around and name their price. I think college football would be nearing that, but they one don't seem interested, or two. I don't understand the negotiations that people, the NCAA and the college football playoff both, when they are in charge of the rights to championships in college sports, they don't seem, they, they, they seem to like the number that they hear and go, that is good enough. We're going to do it. They don't play the yeah. business side of it because we've talked about that. The NCAA tournament just re-ups with CBS and the number goes up every time, but they just re-up with CBS. They don't really open it and bring That's it true. to market. And it doesn't really look like college football playoff did in some ways. Is ESP now the number seems huge. It's going from six hundred and eight million to one point three billion doubling. a year. It's doubling, but you're getting almost four times the games. You're going from three sure. games to eleven games. And so is ESPN actually possibly getting a good deal if they can get, you know, it's not going to be the same as the semifinals in the championship rating wise, but it's still going to be really good. And we've seen what the numbers do for college football games. So if you pair two power five teams that don't play each other very often and it's win or go home, those are going to be good ones. And I think there's a chance that ESPN is actually making out on this deal. I agree. Paying too much for it. I agree with you completely. We're going to look at this in 2030 provided neither of you take a job with the Browns, and we're going to go, my God, this is theft. Just 1. like $1.3 million for six, because like- it's going to be 16-team playoff, and you're going to have eight games, and and yeah, you're going to look at this thing and go, holy smokes, like this is, you're killing it on this thing. It's just like what they did to the ACC. Let's sign a really yeah. long deal that seems like a lot of money, but actually it's going to be below market b- before the end of it. Yeah, I I think this is I think it's a home run for them. Um I know that there will be people out there that say will ESPN push an agenda against the Big 10. Um I know that some of you have the believe that that that's a, that that is real. There's a perception that that is real. I do not think that it is. Um and I think that that they will be fine and I think there's plenty of reasons to believe that. We'll get into that and also the Pac-12 <laughs> What about us? Pack two now. We'll get to that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. A lot of hosts have been on our airways in the past 30 years. Some good, some bad, some really bad. Anyway, sorry for that. The Fashion. Distilled sports discussion served in light beer quantities. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Hey guys, it's Chops. When you boil it down to lose weight fast, there's really only two ways to do it. You can eat to lose weight, it's fun, or you can reduce what you eat to lose weight. The latter is where medications and hunger suppressants step in because without them, you'd be hungry all the time simply eating less. Eating to lose weight is the Awaken 180 method and the method I chose. By eating my metabolism, it sped up and instead of going after muscle for energy, it went right after the fat. I dropped 95 pounds with Awaken 180. I felt healthy losing the weight and I still feel healthy today because of what I've learned and I've kept the weight off. Do I fluctuate a pound here and there? Sure, but I know I'll stay in range because I know my body. Combine that with the free maintenance check-ins for life that you get with Awaken 180 and it is a solution for life. So give them a call at 844-346-1800 or online at awaken180weightloss.com Bishop and Friends, we're sponsored by Awaken 180 Fast, sustainable weight loss without medications The solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. So the one issue here, and and we'll get to the uh the power five plus seven, which is they're going to vote on. We're going to have the details on that in about 10 minutes, but um, there is no power five. 
It's done. Um, the Pac-2 is trying to continue to have a seat at the table. Um, and so it's a hell of an ask. This is uh, Ross Dellinger with this reporting. And in the proposal, the Pac-12, which is made up of just Washington State and Oregon State, um, starting next starting next season, is asking the college football playoff to guarantee the same league revenue distribution amounts and voting privileges as the other power conference programs starting in 2026, the first year of the new playoff. The, the Washington State president, a guy named Kirk Schultz, says, we've been an autonomy five school and have re- resourced ourselves at that level for 20, 25, 30 years. Just because we left standing in musical chairs, we don't feel we should be relegated by no fault of our own. I mean, this is kind of one of those life's not fair. Mm-hmm. Would be kind of my answer to that is I'm, I'm, it sucks. I mean, I, I wanted both of those programs to, to me, they both should be in the big 12 or wherever. There's not that much difference between those two programs and, and some of the schools that ended up in, in the big 12. I'd argue the only thing different between them and Colorado is Colorado has Deion Sanders. Like it's similar, you know, in terms of that. So, or Arizona for that matter. What's not similar now, though, is that you're not playing other teams that have been held in that, as no. he says, autom- autonomy five. I guess that's what the, the academics call the power five. But you're not playing that kind of schedule, even if you combine with the Mountain West. It's not going to be viewed that way. So that that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping for they're hoping to stay head above water for the next two years until they can merge with the Mountain West. That's that's the hope. And then they're hoping that the people of the college football playoff will recognize them the same way they recognize the ACC and the Big 12. Let me ask you this, Reese. What is making the college football playoff committee, what's behooving them to represent, to, to give ACC and the Big 12 the same power and representation that the Big, 12, Big 10 and SEC have? Not having it in front of me, I would say Pac-2 membership on the CFP and then maybe for the ACC because they're in bed with ESPN for so long. Yeah. Well, it also the voting. They set this up as a unanimous voting group at the beginning, and that's why they've been able to hold up as we're going to get to the what's the model going to look like, but also with this. And, uh, you know, Kirk Scholes says that that's not tied, that, well, we, we held that up because we were trying to get our ducks in a row as the pack, too. And it's not tied to the five plus seven model no. that we get. He's saying that, but it kind of feels like that because that's their only bargaining chip is that we won't ratify this rule change. Unless you give us this, like, there's no way for me to believe yeah. that they're not using that. Well, you'd have to just do a new college football playoff committee. Just be done with it. You guys can have the old college football playoff. <laughs> you guys can have yours. It. I also wonder if Notre Dame is backing them, or, or is, and I don't know. There would be no way to prove this, but Notre Dame is trying to do everything they can to keep the current model that would benefit them as to the eye of Sauron looking at the pack two. And then if they eliminated that, then they look to Notre Dame and be like, we don't need you either. <laughs> no, no, no. Notre Dame. It's Keep a good us. point. It's a very good point. What is Notre Dame's play here? And They've survived. And they get one vote where everybody else is a con- like a conference vote representing yes. a conference. It's one yeah. vote well, just for, for their interest. For now, they yes. at any point, the SEC or the Big Ten could force their hand at any point if they wanted to. They have the power to be able to do it. Just don't. The Big Ten could simply not schedule them. That would solve it. And that Um, ESPN deal has not been ratified, as we were talking previously, until this is all figured out. So if it doesn't get figured out. That's the the real interesting play here is where do those two schools – not that any – does any – I don't know that any – this is the problem, and this is why they didn't land in a conference. Other than the people who went to those schools and are from those states and fans of those schools, neither one of them has any real crossover. They don't. They're remote places. Both of them are. I've been to Pullman. I have not been to Corvallis. It's – Way out there. 
I mean, it's there's a reason that Mike Leach thrived there. It's it's the Lubbock of the West is Pullman. There's a lot. Lubbock is actually quite a bit bigger, but that's there's a lot of similarities in in terms of how much of an outpost that is. Um, by the way, did either of you realize that George Klyavkov was still working for the Pac-12 until yesterday? I did not know for sure, but it, is, it was something I had wondered about. So when I saw it in the Dellinger piece, I was interested. Okay, so they they are still employing George Klyavkov for now. So the league uh, began to formally separate from him, notifying uh, the 10 outgoing Pac-12 schools of transition and leadership. No kidding. I bet. I bet he did. Let me ask you guys this. If he could have held it together for without USC and UCLA, and they could have just gone into last season just trusting him, and had Colorado not gone to the Big Twelve, like just USC and UCLA leaving, could they have gotten forty million a year? I think they definitely yeah could have been in that Big Twelve range, which what is like thirty six or thirty six. To forty, but you've got the West Coast time frame that they can offer, and they just had you know both their their two teams in the championship were playing for a chance to go to the playoff. The winner of that one was definitely going yes. to the playoff. It was Washington. Don't they made Colorado the, to the national championship. Colorado has been a big deal. I think that they could have, but they just nobody was willing to take the risk. Nobody and, trusted and it all each fell other. Apart. Yeah, yes. they all went other ways. Because I think if you are able to just come to some sort of like short agreement. A year or two, then after the season that yep. was had, then the member schools could have gone and and they could have commanded a number yep. instead of being like, well, we'll just take whatever you can get. Hey, how, how about this from anybody who would have listened? Then you're you're just you're fielding, you're fielding calls, and you're saying, well, they're offering us this. What are you going to offer us? To to be fair to the other schools, though, after what happened with your former leadership, why would you trust anybody? Why would you trust Kavkov? No, you couldn't. It would. They they were all a bunch of vipers fighting for each other, and and nobody trusted anybody. And there was probably a moment where it could have been saved. And I think, quite frankly, all of us would have been the whole sport would have been better off had it has it had it been saved. It, it's nice to have the regionality in the sport. It's going to be pretty weird to to have Washington and Oregon and USC and UCLA playing in middle of America that next season. I I think that I don't know that anybody's totally ready for what that's going to look like. I'm not talking about in football. Football's different. I'm talking about in the non-revenues, how that makes any sense for anybody. Um but because there is no central leadership in the sport, this is where you get. Now they're trying to have central leadership when it comes to how this playoff is going to look. So they're going to vote on a new model. We'll go over the details on that, how it could affect the Buckeyes coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the fan. The only radio show Ryan Day listens to when we're holding him hostage, making him listen to a radio show. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. Hey, Shannon. Our top men are working on everything except this show. This This is Bishop and Friends. You guys see these these videos that keep coming out from um, the waste management? The waste management. management. Yeah. Not with mis- wasted mismanagement. We'll just yeah. add more letters to it. I used to. I mean, but one it, of the it, guy like just c- consistently leaning over. He just can't. Yeah, he can't stand straight back up. He cannot. It feels like the knees are trying their best, and the feet are doing all they can. But the the torso up is just not going to hold. It's it's not going to hold. You can I say victory it. has defeated him. Well, and he's got a friend there trying to hold him up, and I feel like at that point, like... Well, it's, a friend, it feels like he's well in. Yeah, and that's probably going into the decision-making, but Valiant, trying to keep your friend up, but at a certain point, yeah. he's not going to be up. Put him down on the ground. 
Let them. Well, sit. I think you also at that point you need. Let's just walk off away from the get crowds because then they then they cheer on a shot and a guy trips over him because right. he's like parallel with the ground leaning like at his waist a funny thing to go back and watch some like the inner like some of the local stations uh, they went and interviewed people on the course that saturday and just the indignation that they would stop alcohol sales like during this event is is hilarious juxtaposed to everything else that was happening there thursday friday and then into saturday well and it's funny because it's it's definitely fueled by those people wanting more drinks at that specific time because there really has been no pushback into this week about them stopping sales and like their explanation of it like kind of makes sense but people who were currently drunk and wanted more drinks were not happy about it on saturday yeah i thought i know i'll be honest with you i don't think there's anything much worse than being drunk in public like it's it's like really that that's that there's no winners wasted that's, in public yeah. yeah that's yeah that's just a bad spot across the board you know have a few cocktails enjoy yourself and and we'll do that at the memorial tournament here and in June, but like just in terms of going to that level, it's so odd to me that, that the kind of the niche that this thing has carved out that has, and I, I've not been to it. I, I've been to the course, um, but I've not, I've not been there for the waste management. Um, that what they've created out in terms of that grandstand around that hole, uh, the fact that they cheer and the fact that it's become kind of like, I saw Ricky Fowler say this over the weekend. It's kind of like, he said it's called like men's Coachella. <laughs> Is kind of what it's become. It's like spring break um, is what it reminds me of now. It does. Yeah. And I, I think that there's a, you know, if you're the organizers, if you're waste management, you're going, this is the greatest thing ever because no one ever talks about us like this. Like, give me another name. Of a, trash. <laughs> give me another name where it, where the sponsor is absolutely tied as closely to the event as, I mean, all the rest of them. It's like, well, we're at Pebble Beach. We're at Riviera. We're at, you know, uh, Tory, the Memorial, Bay Hill, like that's the only one I can think of that's like the brand is the name of the thing. So they're winning as big as possible. But at the same time, like there's probably a limit to what you want to be seen and what happens there. Yeah, it just has. I think the word of mouth and the images and people, you know, it's a chance to go out somewhere, although they dealt with rain and it wasn't too warm actually this year. But generally, a warm place to go in, in February. It's the week of the Super Bowl. You're already excited and into sports. And so people are like, oh, that sounds like a fun party thing. And now it has gone from golf fans who like to party to just people who like to party and yeah. an excuse to go somewhere and drink, which isn't always the worst thing, but it obviously doesn't work that well with a golf tournament. The easiest sport to disrupt of probably any sport for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt that, that it would absolutely be the easiest to do. Um, uh, we have a, we're going to have a vote. It's going to pl- take place in six days. Uh, they're going the, what they're going to vote on is a proposed five plus seven model for the next couple of years of the college football playoff. Now, what this means is, and this is interesting because it used to be power five. There isn't anymore. So the college football playoff board is expected to vote February 20th on a model that would include the five highest ranked conference champions and the next seven highest ranked teams in the, in the 12 team playoff this fall. A format change could finally get the unanimous backing it needs from the Pac 12 if it agrees to it. The Pac 12, which has dwindled to just Washington State and Oregon State, as we just mentioned in the previous segment, after drastic conference been realignment has been the lone holdout in the process, asking for time to sort through its legal issues. It also discussed future college football revenue with the board. Uh, speaking to ESPN on Tuesday about the Pac-12's role in the future format, this is again Washington State President Kurt Schultz, who says uh, he represents the conference on the board, says the expectation is to hold a vote. 
Um, so this is what's interesting about this. So this is a it is the high five highest ranked conference champions and the next seven highest ranked. So if we were to, for example, I'm going to pull this up right now in real time. If we were to look at this from last year, and you were to take out the, um, if if you were to take out the the U.S. the USC Oregon Washington part of it, and just say one of those teams was going to get in, the so Michigan would have been the highest ranked Big Ten school. Uh, Texas would have been the highest ranked Big Twelve school. Now remember, it's highest ranked champion. I think that even out just this play year, along. But okay, yeah, just play along. So Michigan, Texas. Uh, Georgia, we'll just go regular season, just get rid of the conference champion. So Georgia would have been uh, before the conference champion. So those ones all would have been in. The ACC representative would have been Florida State, so that's four. Now, where do I got to go? It's, it's Oklahoma State? Or, no, Arizona's 11. So it would have been Arizona because they're in the they're in the – they would be in the Big 12 now. So those would be the five. Yeah, you're right. There's no other Big 12 school in there because Texas is going to be an LSU team. Michigan Tech. No, no. Texas will forget that. Texas is SEC next year. Well, yeah, but so if, they're out. If the Pac-12 so, still exists, they would have stuck probably with the six for, plus so, six. Okay, yeah, they would have for sure. So let's forget that. Again, Michigan, Texas now. So you have those. Then it would have been Arizona, Florida State, and then who would the fifth have been? How far down the list would it have been? SMU? Well, no, they'll be in the ACC. Liberty? Yeah, I guess this year it would have been thirteen and one. Liberty would have gotten. See how in. far down you're going to have to go. This because was they, and they're it's all a, consolidated at the top, and it's a problem because this was a terrible year to start to to go through this because the best of the AAC, who had been the best in the this the college football playoff era when it finally became Group of Five right. and Power Five. The AAC, all their best teams went to the Big 12, so they're not as top-heavy as they once were. It's kind of just Memphis and nobody else really at that level. The Sun Belt has been good in recent years, but not that great. Um, I do like the Group of Five having a route to the playoff. I, I like that they're protecting that both in the 6-plus-6 six six and the 5-plus-7. That's just personally on me. But the real answer to it, and the real truth is, they probably just have to to avoid litigation. Because if you don't, exactly then there's no realistic path for a Group of Five team. Yeah. They made that clear so, in the college football playoff four team era that look at everything that had to happen for UC to make it that year. They correct. did not want to put those teams in. No, no, they didn't at all. So yeah, it would it, if if this were if we did take this ranking and put it into next year, Reese, Liberty is would have been the fifth team in, and they ranked they were ranked twenty fifth in the country to end the year. And I guess because we're going to have twelve, and then you have to wonder what's it going to look like with sixteen. Like okay, like that doesn't strike you as horrible like there's once in a blue moon you could get an upset with it i'm just looking at like the board of managers here yeah and i see three that are affiliated with what would be four five yeah, there should be one from every conference affili- right? you know five affiliated with what would be considered group of five yeah and then you've got notre dame's president so you've got so, like they're represented on wow. this board of managers and when they say vote on february 20 is going to be the day like Five plus seven's going. I think we well, yeah, can safely that's, that's, that'll probably save it. So right now, if this if you would have applied this to last year, the first three schools on the outside looking in in this model would have been LSU, Penn State, and Notre Dame. It's going to be a tough one with that combination of schools. Anyway, you could finish the year ten and three and be in that spot with it, but being that combination of schools 
would be a pretty tough sell. You know who I wouldn't like that, fellas? The people that are paying $7.8 billion. But instead they're getting Liberty. But instead, instead they're getting Liberty. LSU, Penn State, or Notre Correct. Dame. Correct. Yeah. And so I, what? Do you make you make Liberty the 12? I think they still get the 12. I think you only... So you, you put... The top be four, Liberty against Alabama if you would have played last year's. The top four seeds have to be conference champions, but the, then they get the buys. But the next teams, I believe is just in the seating. At least that's how like when people like laid out, hey, if they started the twelve team one this year, they laid it out that way. I, Liberty appeared to be the, the twelve. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can act like all conferences are created equal. Because if you give the but four you can't conferences do the other hold on way. just a second. I well this is how they're gonna have to thread the needle. Because how can you say so let's again I'll use last year's final AP poll. So Michigan wins the Big Ten, so Texas is the SEC so they're the one seed, that's the two seed. So the three seed would be six, number six, Florida State would get a bye. And then the four would be Arizona at 10 and three would get a bye. And you're going to have Washington at 14, or at the time undefeated, but in this case, 14 and one, having to play a game, Texas having to play a game, all of their playing a game. In the meantime, Arizona's getting a bye out of the, out of the Big 12. They have to figure out a way to get the group of five to agree to having their own championship thing because there is there is no way around telling a team that they're eligible for the postseason. Liberty goes thirteen and zero, wins their conference, and then saying, "Eh, not good enough." There's just no, no way legally around it. They're going to let them in. That's why they're doing this. Yeah, like they're going to put them in. What I'm saying is, if they give the the top, if they have to get to a point where they don't act like all of these conferences are created equal. Like I'm talking about it from the Ohio State standpoint. I'm talking about it from the Big Ten standpoint. Why are we going to pretend like of the top ten teams in the country at the end of last season, one, two, three, four, including the national cha- five, including the national champion or Big Ten schools? The SEC has the next. They're, they're, the only team that is not in the, the SEC or the Big Ten at the in the in the final poll is Florida State. The other nine are from that those two conferences. And that, that what their mission ought to be is, and this is what it'll be. Sankey's already set this up. This is just the truth of it. They're going to say our conference is not this. Your conference is not the same as ours. They, they have to, because you can't be given a buy for the winner of the Big Twelve. Sure, welcome them to the party, but they just got to go on rankings once they're into this thing. They have to, and then that would also solve a lot of the group of five problems because. The weird one, I guess, with Liberty going thirteen and zero, that's a little strange this year. And and what do you do with that? But before they lost to to Oregon, they were number twenty. They were still number twenty four. They were not going to rank Liberty um, in that. And but a lot of times those teams, the UCs, the UCFs, that did have those high point years, yeah. they were in the top twelve. Sure. They just weren't in the top four. So I think that's what they're banking on. I think we're just. I think also small sample size. We're looking at the wrong year too. The, I, I, could, I think just translating this year to this is going to be a disaster is too far to go. I don't think it's going to be a disaster at all. I think it's going to be fine. I just think if I'm the television network, and again, we're viewing this through scarlet and gray colored glasses. If I'm the television network, if I'm Ohio State, I'm the Big Ten, I want to make sure that we get the proper look on this and that what we are going to go through as a conference is properly appreciated. You're you're 100% right. They are going to make sure that a group of five is in this thing. They're going to. Um, but where do they seed them? Are they always the 12 playing up against the five? To me, that seems likely. 
and unless then, they're inside the top twelve, which would I think it's going to be borderline impossible. You know, going forward, just I think the respect the of the group of five work. is getting worse and worse. It's each worse year. and worse. Yeah, and then I think the other thing is how do how do how am I supposed to view the Big Twelve and and the ACC, two lesser conferences, like the Big Big Twelve especially, like without Texas and Oklahoma, what's left? You're going to tell me that that that's get, that you, that's worthy of a buy. That's what's going to be. Come that's on, where Colorado. We're see, that's where your alliance is going to come in, and your partnership is actually we're going to do it this way going forward. But however they do it, they have they have to thread the needle of what makes the most sense for the two most powerful entities while also not being sued. But what a mess! What an absolute mess! And if you're ESPN and you're paying seven point eight, you need good television shows. That's going to be a very, very big part of this thing. Uh, if the Buckeyes are to get back to the playoff, if they are to make a run at a national championship, much of the success that they do have will be on the hire of Chip Kelly and whatever he does offensively and taking that off of... Carrying the Buckeye game today? Considering we've never not carried one? Yes. The answer is yes. The fan. Producers, co-hosts, friends, some of those things are true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. And my friends, now is the time. You sign up for that Tipico Sportsbook. You get in on the betting action. You got the hoops, the hockey, the golf. The biggest college hoops tournament is right around the corner in March. Plenty of games to bet on and win big. Take advantage of those massive odds boosts. The biggest payouts. Try the new parlays where you can pick how many legs you need to hit. Cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim your new sign-up bonus right now. You get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25 on those. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100. Get your bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. You must be 21 or older, physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. Uh, Before we get to Joel Cladd and Chip Kelly, did you guys see the Shaquille O'Neal uniform retirement yesterday? They did it in Orlando. Yeah, I, I read the article this morning about him. It's the first you, the Magic have ever. Was he the first pick? No. Of the, okay. Mm-mm. When did they expand? When? No, they were. Uh, I would say early nineties. There was a. They had a Scott Skiles team okay. that was that was there. They. But it was very early on early. that they got Shaq. Then. Yeah, it was pretty early on. They hit the lottery back to back. They hit it twice in a row. They hit it with him, which was as big a lottery as could be. I mean, that was enormous. And then they hit it the next year. Penny, right? They, they, well, they drafted Chris Weber. Okay. And then they traded Chris Weber for Anthony Hardaway because Shaq played uh, with opposite him in blue chips. <laughs> and Shaq was like, he's the real deal. Like, make sure you get him. I don't need another big. Get me the guard. Um, and they were, there's a, a great. 30 for 30 on them. The reason I brought it up, so his jersey went into the rafters last night. He is the most famous NBA free agent at the time ever in that he left to take less money and play for the Lakers. Um, he left Penny to go to L.A., all of those things. It worked out for them. It did not work out very well for the Magic. Had Shaq and Penny stayed together, you have to think at some point they win a title with, with those two had they stayed in their prime. And in the and finals in 95? <clears throat> Yeah, they play, they, that's Nick Anderson missed free throws at the end of the regulation that would have iced game one and they ended up getting swept by Akeem's, um, Akeem's Rockets that year. Um, they actually beat Jordan. Jordan returned that year. They beat him in the playoffs. He was wearing number 45. Horace Grant had, had moved from the Bulls to the Magic and they beat the Bulls in the postseason and they lost to him in 96. Then Shaq left. Like it was such a short window when he was there. The reason I'm talking about it though, they put his number in the rafters. And they didn't use the jersey he played in, like the black with the pinstripes. Is that and the even one the right of? font? 
They used a, a white pinstripe font with like their uniforms now. Like the uniforms they had then were absolutely recognizable. Like yeah. if you're putting the number in the rafters, it should be the uniform he wore. Doesn't like Kobe has both numbers retired at the at the Lakers and aren't they yeah. they're different jerseys. Aren't they? That I don't know. I think all the Laker retired jerseys oh. are in yellow. They're the classic look one with like the the drop shadow on the number. I can see them both here. So they are the same jersey, but they weren't the current jersey of the Lakers. They're like they're the magic the, ones with they've got the the purple no, on the, they, the shoulders and the the They neck are line. the they are the current Laker. They're not the ones Kobe played in. Kobe didn't play in drop shadow for his whole career. They had it at the beginning of his career and at the end, but in the middle when he won the championships, they had a a, dip, a modern version of the jersey um, so he at least wore the uniform like Shaq never wore these uniforms in Orlando it's it's kind of nonsensical it got me thinking about like when LeBron retires and they retire his 23 in Cleveland what uniform do you put him in so there's three options they have a thousand the uniforms what are you talking about <laughs> the that ridiculous I'd... black t-shirt would, the, would it have the ripped sleeves even up remember he used to oh, rip yeah. his sleeves yes. it's like oh this is so constricting it's like yeah because basketball's supposed to be played in a tank top yeah or you could just wear a little bit bigger size. Probably the stupidest uniform thing that was ever done is the fact that, and it, they couldn't not wear them because they won in Golden State wearing them, so you had to wear them. But they were those things were dreadful. Those were a clown show. The NBA um, uniforms aren't getting any better right now. No, it's brutal, absolutely brutal. Um, so that's a simple miss, though. Like put him in the uniform, one of the uniforms he wore when he played there. It's not that hard. Um, we have uh, we have yet to hear from Chip Kelly. Since he has been hired here, my guess is we'll hear from him in spring is when we'll finally get a chance to hear from him. We, I think universally approved in, in terms of the hire and what it means and the trust factor. Uh, Joel Klatt weighed in on it on his show on the hiring of Chip Kelly and what it means for Ryan Day. It makes all the sense in the world. There's nobody that Ryan trusts more in this sport than, than Chip Kelly. And now this, this new play calling system at Ohio State is going to have Chip Kelly at the helm. He's going to have his old offensive line coach that came from UCLA, Justin Fry. So they're going to be back together. And and one thing that I'm looking at is like Chip can go there and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, wait, wait, wait. So you're going to give me a mobile quarterback, the best backfield in the in the country with with Junkins and and Henderson. You're going to give me a Mecca Abuka and Carnell Tate, and I get to call plays. I think Ohio State will become a better running team. Chip Kelly rushes the football as well as anybody in the country, as well as anybody. That's what UCLA did, and I think Ohio State is going to lean into that a little bit more. Remember, over the last three years, part of what has gotten them beat against Michigan is that Michigan was the better fundamentally sound running team. Having to stop their run was very difficult. They could control the clock, and they could control the game. And now, all of a sudden, you've got Chip Kelly. Last year, Ohio State was 88th in the country running the football. I think that needs to get better. I think that needs to get better. And it will. And I think that's the biggest point. His main objective is going to be to, to beat Michigan. And I think Ryan is is diving into that. Nobody's had a better offseason than Ohio State. This adds to that. Yeah, it sure does. And he brings up a lot of the points. I, I had forgot to, when we were talking about this on Monday, I'd forgot to tie this all the way back to Justin Fry. I talked and about fam- that yesterday. Yeah, I think. you had that yeah. yesterday. Like. There's that familiarity too. So you, you, you mentioned the word trust in regard to the Pac-12. There is little disputing that this is the most important season and the most pressure-packed season Ryan Day has ever had here because of the investment that's been made in staff, in roster, in portal, in retention, in recruiting. These are, these are big dollar numbers. 
that are floating around that all of this cost. And the expectation is pretty simple. Just go win the national championship. And so if you're going to, if you're going to try and coach under that pressure makes diamond situation, then you had better have people you can lean on and trust and forget the coaching acumen of Chip Kelly, which I have lauded all week long and from the time of the hire. I think he's one of the brightest offensive minds the sport's ever known, um, the college sport especially. You now have people that he can trust, and there will be foxhole moments. Like I know that we look at the schedule, and yes, September is going to be a breeze, but that game in Eugene won't be. They'll be ready, I promise you. And there will be some moments where you're going to have to rely on people. And I think Ryan Day has his people. Um, I think the best example is this is, is going from, you know, urban son-in-law to Chip Kelly. Regardless of their resumes, one guy you've known most of your whole life, another guy that's kind of an arranged marriage. Well, and that's, that's the biggest difference. And that's kind of, I think, been something that's held up the, the team maturing under Ryan Day, and it's not for sure that this is going to work, but I like the route that they're going down, is it was also kind of a, a an arranged marriage for Ryan Day to become the head coach, and he took a lot of the yes. urban staff and kept some of them, and I think over the years he's figured out which ones are the best ones that he wants to keep in the program and which ones are guys that, no, I'd rather bring in my own, but he didn't have a ton of guys to bring in because he had never been a head coach. It's interesting that in like the idea of a coaching tree, he actually like went down to the trunk and got Chip Kelly instead of going out to the branches but either way he's bringing in people that he's familiar with that he knows how to work with that he likes to work with that as you said he can trust i'm just glad that there's finally the understanding that the head coach needs to be the ceo and so you have that power hire somebody you know can do everything else and like you can help out here but it's got to be you can't be calling the plays and then try to do everything else like it's just not sustainable in college football the way it is so that it takes a lot. It takes a big man to admit that. Yeah. And it takes hiring someone that you trust to be able to actually yep. put it into action. And that's why all these things work. Max Chadwick, uh, PFF college football analyst on Will Howard, what the Buckeyes expect to get out of that, and how the Chip Kelly uh, influences on this offense will affect the Buckeyes next season. We'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. The Chris Holtman Daily Show is brought to you locally on The Fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is Chris Oldman Daily Show brought to you by Incova Insurance. 62-54, Wisconsin defeats Ohio State. And when you look at uh, how this game played out, Chris, rebounding one of the big factors in your mind in this game? It was the, it was the biggest factor. Yeah, it was the biz, biggest factor. Outside of not being able to finish around the rim, it was the biggest factor. Yeah, Coach, your team continued to fight, uh, again, certain stages of the game. You talked about playing great defense, giving them an extra opportunity. A couple stretches there, the yeah. last five minutes of that first half, they go yeah. on a 14-2 run, and then you, your team doesn't put any points on the board for seven minutes. Just talk about what was going wrong during those two stretches. A couple, you know, some shot selection there, some some foul trouble uh, where we had some unique lineups in there, but it was, it was shot selection and then just the inability to – um, to really uh, finish uh, some plays that were were open, I thought we had some clean looks that we missed, and uh, you know that might have affected our defense a little bit. But I agree that 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 stretch at the end of the end of the first half was the difference. All right, we'll have another comment in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game changer, both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. 
with local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs. Encova's Playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. For auto, home, and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! 62-54, the final. Wisconsin defeats Ohio State. Coach, you deployed some zone defenses. Seemed to kind of put Wisconsin on their heels a little bit. Just talk about why you uh, went to that and how it helped your team during that stretch. Yeah, no, I thought it was effective for us. Um, it, it allowed us to uh, just change the, the, the pace of the game a little bit. Um, it was a game where, you know, we just couldn't. I thought offensively we were better in the second half, but, uh, you know, uh, definitely better in the second half that we were, we were awful in the first half, and some you know a lot of that is their defense. But um, I thought we were much better in the second half, and I, I really give our guys credit. I thought they really, really fought here. I've watched almost every one of you know Wisconsin's games here at home, and they just kind of have a way of you know Indiana. They go up twelve, and then fifteen, and then eighteen, and twenty. Same thing against Michigan State, and our guys just battled back and put us in position. I think to be able to make a run, we just could not get the stops and the scores we needed to. Okay, this is the Ohio. State Sports Network from Learfield. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. The uncle you never knew you had. The friends you kind of wish you didn't. This is Bishop and Friends. Right, let's talk a little college football with our buddy Max Chadwick, PFF college football analyst, co-host of Preferred Walk-On. He joins on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Max, thanks so much for taking the time. Let, let's just start big picture. We're middle of February now. Uh, we've got a signing day. We've got a portal. We've got everybody coming back that's coming back. Um, when you look at what this Ohio State roster has become over the last month and a half since the Cotton Bowl. Um, obviously an incredible talent retention and then talent acquisition. What do you make of it? Where does it stack up for you around the country? Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me on, guys. And, yeah, I think Ohio State, I mean, honestly, before the Cotton Bowl, when you're kind of projecting everyone that was going to declare for the NFL draft, uh, I was kind of worried about Ohio State. I'm not going to lie. And now it looks pretty funny looking back on it now because now – I mean, you can make an argument for Ohio State as the number one team in the country. I'd probably put them number two right now behind Georgia next year. Uh, but, yeah, you mentioned talent retention is, is off the charts. They bring back basically everyone besides Marvin Harrison Jr., Kate Stover, Michael Hall Jr., and a couple other players. Um, and then also they attacked the transfer portal, man. They did a great job there. Uh, they got Quinshawn Judkins, who I think is the second-best running back in college football entering next year. Um, they got some other really, really talented players. Uh, Caleb Downs, honestly, he might be the best safety in the country. 
Uh, they got him on that side of the ball, too. So talent retention, bringing in a, a lot of transfers, Will Howard, a quarterback. Uh, I think this is Ryan Day's best chance to uh, finally get over the hump and, and win it all next year. Well, he better. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of the way it is around here, Max. He'd be out of better. That's I, I said in the previous segment, the only thing you have to do is now is go win the national championship. Like That's the goal. You mentioned Will Howard. I saw your top 10 quarterback rankings that you put out uh, going into next season. He didn't make your top 10. Um, when you Because the one thing that was kind of missing, and, and it, it became obvious as the season was going along, that it didn't feel like it was that the answer at quarterback at Ohio State was in the room. So they had to go find somebody. What are they getting from Will Howard? How do you think he fits? with what they want to do offensively or what you think the offense should be maybe around him? Yeah, so obviously, you know, Will Howard not being in my top ten has already, you know, drawn the ire of some of uh, Ohio State's faithful. So I'm sure uh, some, of your li- some of your listeners right now are probably not very happy with me either. But he was very close to it. I will say that. Um, I-, I don't know how much of an upgrade it will be as a passer over Kyle McCord. I think Will Howard is a solid quarterback. He's really good off play action, which I think will fit, honestly, in Chip Kelly's system. Um, what he does bring that McCord doesn't have, though, McCord was kind of a statue in the pocket. Will Howard is much more mobile. And I think Ohio State's offense, the bread and butter of that offense next year, especially with Chip Kelly as offense coordinator, will be the run game between Quinshawn Judkins, between Travion Henderson, and obviously Will Howard, too, at quarterback. Uh, I think Will Howard will bring that dimension that Ohio State really didn't have next year. Um, but I don't think that as a passer, I don't know if it's too much of an upgrade over Kyle McCord. I, they're kind of similar as passers. Um, so I, I think it's a marginal upgrade over Kyle McCord, but uh, it's a huge upgrade when you consider the, uh, the mobility aspect and how he will be used in the ground game next year. Yeah, I think the one thing that was missing last year for sure out of the Buckeye pass game was, and you guys would have the same data that, that I found on this, is they just really didn't utilize the middle of the field intermediate and then deep. They just really yeah. didn't make take those shots at all. Everything was on the edge. Everything was on the perimeter. They didn't take that many deep shots other than a couple of jump balls to Marv. Does does Will at least have the ability to, if they want to take more of those shots, especially when people are trying to pack the box with those two backs, does he have the ability to do that and make those plays? I, I think he can. Um, I would just. I would also say though. I, I think Kyle McCord is a much stronger arm than than Will Howard. So I, I think that you know, if you guys were worried about the deep passes last year um, or this past season, I, I don't know if it'll be too much different this year. It might even be a little less, honestly. Okay. Like I, I don't know if Will Howard is the deep ball quarterback that Kyle McCord is. Um, but like I said, he, he's a solid quarterback. He, he's very. He's a solid passer. Um, but I think he's going to add a dimension uh, in the running game that that Kyle McCord simply couldn't do last year. And I think that would be huge for the Ohio State offense, especially now with Chip Kelly at offensive coordinator. I think that really fit his system well. Talking to Max Chadwick, PFF college football analyst, co-host of the Preferred Walk-On podcast. Uh, Max, you, you, you mentioned Chip a couple of times, and obviously w- I was a proponent of the Bill O'Brien hire because it was apparent to me that Brian Day needed to take something off of his plate with where college football is now. There's just no way you could do all of it anymore. So I liked the Bill O'Brien hire. And then all of a sudden, because of unintended consequences, to me it felt like they upgraded even from that, um, let alone yeah. the trust that obviously Ryan has with Chip. What what parts of the Chip Kelly offense and the Ryan Day offense, as they merge, um, what what should have Buckeye fans most excited yeah, I think you make a great point that, you know, Ryan Day clearly wanted to take something off his plate. I, I think he made a, a, a clear, um, I mean, it was a clear goal this offseason was to get an offensive coordinator that he could trust to call plays because 
he's even mentioned it in past interviews, like he, he wants to be the kind of the CEO of Ohio State football, you know, where he's kind of overseeing the large scale and the play calling duties, you know, he'll hand off to someone he trusts. Bill O'Brien was originally that guy, and I think Chip Kelly, like you said, I think that's an upgrade over Bill O'Brien, honestly, getting Chip Kelly. And it's honestly pretty funny to see a, a Big Ten head coach go to right. a Big Ten offensive coordinator willingly, honestly. Uh, but you mentioned the Chip Kelly offense. I, I think something that, I'm again, I mentioned this before, the run game has always been something that has been a staple of his offense, and he's done uh, really coached it up really well. And, man, when you have by far the best backfield in college football next year in Quinshawn Judkins and Travion Henderson – uh, my running back rankings are actually dropping tomorrow. Both of them are my top six. Uh, so I, I think that this offense, will, like I said, will be really predicated on the run game. Um, you, you know, the receiving core, they, they lose Marvin Harrison Jr. Mecca Buka is coming back, but there's a lot of new faces in that receiving core outside of that. So I, I really do think the run game will be the bread and butter of this offense. And you look at what he did at UCLA. I mean, the year before he got to UCLA, Zach Charbonnet was like a solid running back. And all of a sudden, Chip Kelly's first year there, he turned into a superstar. Now he's in the NFL at the Seahawks. Uh, I think Judkins and Trayvon Henderson, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them go over 1,000 yards next year. I, I think it really could be a dominant, dominant ground game for Ohio State next year. That's a good way to endear the locals here, bud. But when you leave the quarterback out of the top 10, then you get the running backs and get that mention in there that they'll both be in the top <laughs> six. That's 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 veteran savvy stuff right there. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of the path forward there, and, and especially for next year. And then, I mean, they have so much talent at the quarterback position behind Howard that eventually they will get back into some of the things they do in terms of stretching the field. Uh, you mentioned Caleb Downs. Um, and he was such a coveted player. And you said that he, he might be the best. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Max, but I thought you said he might be the best defensive player in the country coming back, or at least on a short list, maybe the best safety. Yeah. Um, what What can't he do? Oh, uh, I don't know if there is anything, honestly. Uh, yeah. He was so impressive as a true freshman uh, this past season. Um, Josh Downs is his little brother. He actually was the highest-rated safety recruit since Derwin James coming out of high school. Um, and he lived up to it immediately this past year. I mean, this guy, like I said, I think he is the best safety in college football heading into next year. Um, best defensive player uh, is definitely close. I'd probably put him maybe third on that list mm-hmm. behind guys like Will Johnson, the Michigan corner, and uh, James Pierce Jr., the uh, Tennessee edge defender. But Caleb Downs is certainly close to that, man. And um, just seeing how good he was as a true freshman, I wouldn't be surprised if, he, if, he, if he's even better as a uh, true sophomore. Um, and then Ohio State's secondary, man, is loaded with guys like Denzel Burke coming back. I mean, yeah, Caleb Downs is uh, is an absolute superstar, and he probably was the uh, number one player in the transfer portal. And, and Quinshawn Judkins, honestly, is pretty close, too. So the fact that Ohio State got two bona fide superstars in the, in the transfer portal is uh, is pretty awesome by, uh, by Ryan Day this offseason. Max, I'll get you out of here on this one. Um, as we as we project into next year and next fall, is Oregon the clear-cut number two heading into this league next year? I think it's pretty clear, yeah. I, I think Oregon, they, they have so much talent coming back. They also bring in uh, who I, I ranked number two on my quarterback list, Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he'll fit in seamlessly in that offense, kind of did exactly what Bo Nix, just be the point guard that distributes the ball, keep the ball out of harm's way. Um, and they also have really good running back in Jordan James. Um, they have a great receiving core with Tez Johnson coming back and Evan Stewart transferring in. Defense is always going to be really good with Dan Lanning coaching them up. Uh, yeah, I think, honestly, you rank all the teams in the country next year. I think Georgia's probably number one, Ohio State's number two. Oregon's probably number three, honestly. I mean, they're really, really good. And, you know, I think Michigan and Penn State are probably going to hover around the top 10 to top 15 range. But, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty clear top two in the Big Ten between Ohio State and Oregon. 
Max, thanks for your time. Appreciated the conversation. Let's do it again soon, bud. Thanks so much. All right, that's Matt Chadwick, PFF College Football Analyst and co-host of the Preferred Walk-On. We'll do a little thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Wake up with the fan. Eat lunch with the fan. Go to bed with the fan. Dream about the fan. Then change your sheets. Gross. Ew, you guys are gross, but stick around in case I don't find anyone else. Shun. The best hair on the air. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, time for a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, fellas. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. All right, first one up on this first Friday. This tweet from Adam Rittenberg. He also had a story that he wrote up for ESPN. But I saw the tweet first. Pat Fitzgerald's attorney, Dan Webb, is pushing for a trial date of December for his wrongful termination suit against Northwestern, arguing that Fitzgerald won't be hired until the legal issues are resolved and missing a third season, the 2025 year, would effectively end his career. He added, the judge is strongly encouraging Fitzgerald and Northwestern to settle the case. Thing or not a thing? It, uh, it's a thing. It's it's really hard for me to believe. It's hard to wrap your head around the fact that he was fired based on the way it was handled last summer. How quickly that went from... It went from suspended two days to fired. Suspended in the middle of summer to fired. And the, it always was amazing to me that there wasn't some sort of middle ground on it. Um and I'm also surprised that he hasn't landed somewhere else. Um, I thought he'd be coaching the NFL by now. My guess is he wants the money from his contract, is what he wants. Um, and it's also crazy to me that Northwestern, which has an enormous endowment and ton of boasters and donors and everything, hasn't found a way to settle it quietly. Like, do you really want to go to war with what are your most iconic people? Tons of people Who around was- the program still love him. Correct. Like, it's just wild to me that they are choosing to take this path. Yeah, it's a huge thing. Like this, he is your football program. Yeah. And you guys are trying to build a gigantic football stadium. I mean, you put a ton of money into that gorgeous football facility that overlooks Lake Michigan. A lot of that is because of Pat Fitzgerald. So it makes no sense why you want to track this out. Jeez. It, well, it's, and it's crazy because Northwestern is really going at it hard. So their attorney, Reed Shar. He had this quote in the Rittenberg story. Ultimately, the plaintiff chose to bring this case. The plaintiff ultimately could not resolve it ahead of bringing this. He has chosen to pursue this litigation. And so we have to pick a schedule that's actually achievable, not one that's defined by what he might want to do with the rest of his life, but one that's actually achievable and fair to both parties, not just what he wants. So I think it's safe to say that there's some bad blood about how it all went down through this course of time. Northwestern is not ready to just say, okay. But you'd think that there would be a way to settle something. Sort of can't let feelings get in the way of something like that. I also don't yeah. think he's going to win the case either. I think the investigation had enough evidence to say that this happened. Yeah. And they, they fired did. you for yeah. this cause. Do we want to do Texas or... I think you can do your you, you do your do the Shaquille one too. We mentioned that briefly. Well, but there's some so he had his, uh, his number 32 retired by the Orlando Magic last night. They lost to the Thunder, but he's only the third player in... Uh, NBA history to have his number retired with three different organizations. Um, thing or not a thing? Yeah, big thing. I also did not realize that they retired retired Bill Russell's number six throughout the league. Whole league did. LeBron was, was always pushing that. for that. That was after his death a few years ago, I believe. Yeah, that they I did not know that. that. Yeah. So, uh, Wilt has his 13 retired. You have here uh, the Lakers, the Warriors, and the Sixers. Um, Pete Maravich the Hawks, 
the Jazz and then New Orleans retired it for the Pelicans because he's a Louisiana legend? Yes. Jordan is retired by, like, no Miami Heat can wear 23. Pat Riley retired the 23 for the Miami Heat for Michael Jordan. Um, LeBron is the one that would be next, right? Cavs, Heat, Lakers. Oh, yeah. If he can get it with L.A., I don't... Does he reach the... I guess he won a championship. He won a title. In a bubble. So, I suppose he would... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so LeBron will have 23 in Cleveland. I would assume six in Miami and 23 in L.A. So, he'll have three. That's a big thing. It's a short list. What's the third team for Shaq? I don't see it in the notes here. What's the third team? I can't even... Heat, Lakers. Oh, the Heat. Okay. That makes sense. I was thinking later. I was like... Magic. What? The Suns? (laughs) The Celtics? Remember all those teams he played for? For some reason... The Cavs should retire it. He had like two years with with Phoenix, and I don't know what their strength you know training program is like but that was like his healthiest of those like twilight years it was the earliest one too but phoenix kept him pretty healthy for that year so that's why that, but yes the heat makes sense so yeah i mean he that's did. a tremendous honor like we talk about with these kind of things a lot when you're in groups of these kind of names it's the right group to be in yeah 14 quarterbacks got the invite to the NFL Combine in alphabetical order. They are Jaden Daniels of LSU, Sam Hartman of Notre Dame, Devin Leary of Kentucky, Drake May of North Carolina, J.J. McCarthy, Michigan, Joe Milton of Tennessee, Bo Nix of Oregon, Michael Penix, Washington, Michael Pratt, Tulane, Spencer Rattler, South Carolina, Austin Reed, Western Kentucky, Keaton Slovis, BYU, Jordan Travis, Florida State, and Caleb Williams, USC. I took the time to read out all of those names because with Austin Reed from Western Kentucky starting at FCS Southern Illinois and D2 West Florida, I had to look that one up. 11 of the 14 QBs finished their career at a different school than they started. The only three to start and finish at the same program are Drake May, J.J. McCarthy, and Michael Pratt of Tulane. Thing or not a thing? Uh, it's a huge thing. It's where we are. You know, you, you had Keaton Slovis, BYU. How many teams did he play for? He at was least at USC, three. He was at West Virginia. He was at West Virginia. It's and confusing. He was at BYU. It's and confusing. Then the other one is JT Daniels, who yeah. was at USC and then went to Georgia. And then Pitt. West Virginia. He and Keaton Slovis are there at the same time. Okay. And then didn't he go to Pitt, too? Did he go to Pitt? Or maybe they played each other. That's they what it played was. each a other. A Pitt West Virginia game. Yeah. JT Daniels went to Pitt and then he went to Rice. Like he was like four. The only one the other one of those on that list who wouldn't have gone anywhere had his coach not left is Caleb Williams. Like he just would have played at Oklahoma had Lincoln not left. Did you know Jordan Travis started at Louisville? Like, it was I knew just he, his one year. I knew that he wasn't Florida State out of high school, but I couldn't have named the school he was at previously. Another uh, college football news, friend of the program, Brad Crawford, said that uh, they're considering a two-minute warning for the 2024 season. Uh, the initial reporting was done by The Athletic. Uh, NCAA coordinator of officials Steve Shaw confirmed that report. Crawford, I think, editorializes, let's go back to the old clock rules while we're at it. Thing or not a thing? This is a, re- this is a reaction to the new cr- clock rules because everyone lost like 15 plays going from the old clock rules to the new ones, so this will get you some plays back. So you're not going to do both. They like what they got last year because they got more commercial inventory for the television shows. So this is an olive branch to the clock is what this is, and I would be for it. Yeah, it essentially gives you another timeout down the stretch, and so you get that, and you get a a chance to take a breath. That was something that uh, stood out. Somebody was talking about this about the overtime and how the rules change, and like when uh, in the Super Bowl when KC got the ball back, that it was very weird that they were playing in a 
in like a two minute drill, but they didn't actually have the, the threat of the clock against right. them. And when do you ever get that situation in a football game? You don't. And hey, NFL, maybe think about that and uh, work on your your rules a little bit more. But this one, sure, add a two minute warning. I, I it wouldn't bug me at all. Uh, the problem is if they ever went back to the old ones, they're not giving up the commercial availability. And now we're talking four and a half hour games, so it lasts forever. Cats out of the bag on that one. But two minute warning, yeah, I'd take that. And I think that would be it would be fun because the fun part about football is watching and the strategy of the whole thing while you're watching. And so adding in a two minute warning just adds in another factor that you get to talk about with your friends while you're watching the game no doubt um it is a hey guys first friday we'll get to your questions coming up next winner gets that 50 dollars gift card to our great friends at high bank distillery get your officially endorsed as well uh have a little fun on the media side of things with ben Koo with awful announcing coming up at 11 33 bishman friends right here on the fan here's a listener tweet can i tase common man in the nuts fine by us but he may like it common man and tebow weekdays from three to six the fan Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Knows many people. He talks to the interesting ones on this show. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, final hour here on a first Friday. Ben Koo, owner and editor of Awful Announcing, going to join us at 11:33 on some of the business that is happening around the sports world. Between now and then, time for a little hey guys. Hit it, fellas. Nothing is off limits. Your participation is required. Just use the hashtag hey guys and ask anything you want. Do it now. Sponsored by Whiskey War by High Bank Distillery. Drink local, drink High Bank. Yeah, when you're talking about High Bank, you're talking about home of the best blend of whiskey in America. Now, three years running from the San Francisco World Spirits Competition, the most prestigious spirits competition in the world. They got a new one. Uh, I had this as officially endorsed about a month ago. It, when you see it out there just scoop it up it's a ready to drink cocktail it's their midnight manhattan it is absolutely sensational it is perfect for parties for gatherings after dinner drinks checks every box find high banks distillery's award-winning local spirits at a liquor store near you learn more at highbankdistillery.com and the winner here for the best hey guys question is going to get a 50 dollars gift card to high bank and that free distillery tour and tasting for up to 10 people drink high bank drink local go ahead First one up today from Chris. Hey, guys, going back to being 22 years old, what would be your dream NIL sponsorship deal? When I was 22? Yeah, so I guess you're a senior, super senior maybe. Okay, well, so that's 19, would have been right around 2000. All right, I'm going to go my dream, like, NIL deal. I mean, I know my wife doesn't know that we have a third hour of this show, so I'm going to say Playboy Magazine. Modeling or just wrapping the bunny, wrapping the bunny <laughs> access. Yeah, that probably that would have been it. Probably would have been uh, it would have been something with Nike. I think for sure, if you could have done something separate with them, that would have been the the one. I, I suppose that still applies to kids today. A car would have been cool, I guess. In 2015, I was 22 years old, and I remember I was I was interning here at the Fan, and a place I like to stop on the way home, coming home from my internship days. Of course, Taco Bell. 
I would do that probably once a week. That's where I would go. Hell, it's not a dream. I'm living it. I actually had a Taco Bell deal just a few months ago. So it finally came to fruition. But even, yeah. Blank don't change. I want I want that endorsement. Love it. Loved it then. Love it now. Still get it periodically even after the weight loss because I just can't quit the Taco Bell. I was going to say Adidas for me or Miller Lite. That would have been a good one. Because Miller Lite, then you can also get apparel. So That's I could true. just be Whatever a walking billboard. Yeah, just send me yeah. like pants or a shirt or shoes with that logo on it. And then obviously beer. Next one from Dustin, last week's winner. Hey, guys, if you could pick any fictional movie-slash-TV character to be your Valentine, who would you choose? I mean, do I... I mean, immediately, um, I go Sharon Stone, basic instinct, provided I survive the night. Do I make it through it? If I make it through it... Even if you die, like... Because it's a hell of a way to go out. Yeah, I that feels like the winner to me. Um, w- would be that one if I that that would be it. Catherine Trammell, I'll go there. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good one. I'm. By the way, I just picked a murderer. <laughs> shouldn't, yeah, but like, so, shouldn't have to murder. But it'd you. be exciting. Be an exciting night. I think. As I was thinking, this one popped into my head because I was always, as like a high schooler, very enamored with Christina Hendricks' character on Mad Men. What's her name? I wonder why. <laughs> what was Joan? It? Joan, Joan Holloway. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we could we could wear our 1960s garb. We'll get like a Tom Landry hat on. We'll go out. We'll get martinis. That sounds like a tremendous Valentine's Day. That that was a pretty fast fastball. Yes, it was. That was coming. I'm gonna go with Daenerys high. Targaryen. Ooh, take a ride on the dragon. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> a little my, dragon my ride. argument would be, hey, your last lover's going to kill you, so. <laughs> how how stupid. How is it that Jon Snow was able stupid. to just hop on a dragon and, like, after, like. Targaryen. I guess. Does Targaryen just know how to ride dragons? Yes. Just stop there it. dragons. Stop it after the battle of up north or whatever it is. What was the, that episode? The, the battle, battle, of the battle of Winterfell. There we go. Battle yeah. of Winterfell. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of it. Just stop it then, and then let your imagination think about what happens next, because nothing makes sense. Or wait, sense. was the Battle of Winterfell, uh, the Boltons and the Stark contingent? That was the, was the Battle, Battle of the Bastards. Bastards. Okay. But that was also at Winterfell. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Vance, with this one, hey guys, the station does giveaways all the time. What's the coolest thing you've ever won? I don't think I've ever won anything. Like from a giveaway standpoint, or Ever like won a, a raffle, maybe a fifty-fifty. No. Uh-uh. no. Um, I guess I've done some like, I guess I've won like some silent bids at like charity things that I've that I've won some of those. Mm-hmm. But you typically wildly overpay for something that you could get. Like I remember, uh, it was probably last spring. I was at a charity and I paid. I bid on a. Um, it's a, a piece of artwork that's autographed by Sam Snead, Byron Nelson, and. Arnold Palmer, um, and I paid for it and won. And when I got it home, I was like, oh, this is just hanging in some dude's house. Like, it had to be reframed. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? I, this is ridiculous. What did I, why would I do this? But it's like, well, you got a bid on something. Where'd you I don't think it? I've ever, I, I honestly don't think I've ever won anything. Did you it's hang it anywhere? Okay. No, no, I reframed it. Okay. I had it reframed. Oh, they didn't only, reframe it. No, 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 no. <laughs> they took it off of their wall, put it in the thing. I bid on it, then I got it home, and I'm like, oh, this very clearly was just hanging on somebody's wall, so then I had it reframed. So not only did I have to pay an exorbitant amount for it, I then had to have pay to have it reframed. 
Guys, a hint of advice. Don't try that on Valentine's Day. Don't take something off no. your wall. Reframe. Even definitely if you are going to try it, reframe it. But don't take something and be like, I wrapped up our wedding picture. Right. And now we can put it on the wall. Happy Valentine's Day, honey. As far as things that I've won, I've never like called into a contest and won. But one sticks out to me. Um, uh, we had an after prom. You know, they wanted to encourage kids to n- not go to the house parties and stuff, but it just turned into kids going to the house parties at 2 a.m. instead of midnight or whatever. But we had this after prom thing, and they would have raffles there, and you got like five tickets when you went in. And I put all five of mine into one, and it was just a pair of Ray Bans. I was like, oh, that's a nice pair of sunglasses, tur- tortoise shell, everything. Sure, I'll win that. And I did win them. And then it became this thing where I'm like, well, now I have these nice sunglasses that I would never have bought retail for, especially at that age. And I, I took really good care of them. And I had them all the way up until Mirfield this year. Lost them oh. somewhere in the shuffle there. And um, that was the, the last of my Ray-Bans. But they made it 12 years, so that's pretty good. I won an autographed Bernie Kosar mini helmet a long time ago. Okay. But that was one of those things where I did pay for like the raffle tickets. But, yeah, I mean... Nothing that off the top of my head that's any better than that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. One time in elementary school, they used to host bingo nights, and the principal kept going up there and said, I just want everybody to know that everybody's a winner tonight, no matter what. And I took that literally, so I didn't win that day, but I just went up to the prize table when it was all over, and I just took something because I thought I was allowed to. I thought everybody was a winner, but <laughs> your but, logic checks out. But apparently I stole that uh, that Lego set that day. Next one is from Andrew. He says, hey, guys, what is your guy's favorite bad movie? He says, with Madam Webb getting talks of the worst movie of all time, he said he's gone from uninterested to very interested because a train wreck can be fun. I would I would second him on that. I am interested in seeing this movie, but I think it looks terrible. I, the most fun, this is so easy for me. I remember it vividly. I was in college. Um, we had pre-gamed, and it's the hardest I've ever laughed at a movie ever, and it was Coyote Ugly. <laughs> I've never laughed harder at a stupid, silly, absurdly bad movie than that. I mean, I just, I still remember Jason Kinsler, Keith Sims, Jeff Doss. I remember all the guys we went with. I remember dying laughing. At, and we just mocked it the whole time. We just mocked how stupid it was the whole time. That was, that is the best example of that uh, for me. Yeah, the problem with so bad it's good is like it can't. It, it can't be a comedy because if, if it's making you laugh, no. then it's doing its job. Even if it is stupid, but it's making you laugh, it's doing its job. So it has to be something outside of that. And that's where the, the possibilities really open up. But I think I'm going to go to the horror genre. A couple of years ago, maybe it was in 2021, maybe it was even three years ago this, this October, a movie just dropped on Warner Brothers on HBO because that was when HBO Max was just putting them out at the same yeah. time because of the pandemic and everything. And it was called Malignant. And it was directed by James Wan, who was really involved in The Conjuring universe actually directed one of the fast and furious movies which those definitely go into so bad it's good and i i just was like ah this seems good enough it was during october when i was watching horror movies and i turned it on it was it was so bad it was good but it was so good in that sense that i actually paused it halfway through and i told jayla i was like we have to watch something when you come home today that <laughs> this movie is otherworldly and i was only halfway through it and i was so happy that i only got halfway through it because then i got to experience that which was crazy and the second half of that movie is wild. So I highly recommend Malignant. It's just such a fun time. Basically, James Wan just, he made a billion dollars making Aquaman, and they let him do whatever he want for another movie. I got you. I know that I don't, you don't watch it. I don't watch Commando, 
thinking it's a serious movie, but I imagine they're making it trying to be a serious action film. Same with Too Fast, Too Furious. But those movies are wildly entertaining to watch from the the standpoint they're just so ridiculous. They're a lot of fun. Commando and Roadhouse, I think both know they're in on the joke. I think they both like some I think, of Arnold's I think lines. Commando, yeah, some of Arnold's lines in Commando so are just good. so amazing, and that very clearly, like they're in on it. And I think the same. I mean, Roadhouse ends with after bloodshed for thirty minutes, as much bloodshed as you can be, like a stuffed bear falling on a murderer, and everybody laughing about it. Like that's how it. <laughs> that's the end. After everything that's happened, <laughs> like a freeze frame at the end up. of a sitcom yeah. episode, yeah. like a laugh off, it laughs itself off. That's how the. That's how it ends. Next one is from Ryan. He says, hey, guys, with spring training starting up. Okay, never mind. Nobody cares except research, he says. Pitchers and catchers, baby. But he says, name your ultimate spring break trip at each level of your current lives. So, research, not married, chops, married and no kids, and Bo, full plate of responsibilities. So, the best one, full plate of responsibilities where I am now in life. We did uh, Atlantis, the Bahamas. A couple of years ago, and we're doing Hawaii this year, and I'm already terrified about the flight, but we we did Atlantis, and it was perfect because I could – they ought to pay me for this, for this endorsement. It was perfect because we could have like a normal existence. The boys could ride water slides, and you knew that they were not going to be harmed. Um, That So that is – at my stage in life with little dudes, that was a home run. JLo and I actually haven't been on a ton of like vacations, just us. We did our honeymoon down in Savannah, um, and that was a lot of fun. But we do a lot of cities when we do things because we like the, the hustle and bustle. But I do also enjoy a relaxing vacation. So if it's spring break, we're going to go somewhere down south and just chill out on a beach, which whichever beach is fine by me, as long as it's warm enough to be out there and we've got the cold beer flowing. That's what I want. I want a week to just do nothing. Myrtle Beach was always a popular spot. Um, growing up for spring break trips, not during any of the biker weeks. So I have a lot of fond memories there. But doing the NCAA tournament, whether it's you you follow your Mm -hmm. team on the road, like I did uh, with buddies for Ohio's run uh, in 2012, or like when when they came to Columbus for the first round last year, it was a ton of fun. Just do a sports-themed spring break, even spring training, which there are more than just me that care, but, you know, the list isn't much longer. The, the, The Cactus League is a lot of fun. Like you go to Scottsdale, great hotel, great golf, and then you you pop in on some cactus league. That's that's fun. We've that we've been we've done that once. I tried to convince J Lo for our honeymoon in late January to be a tour of Big Ten stadiums. <laughs> she did not go for it. Champagne in January. <laughs> it's gorgeous. All right, let's see which Absolutely one gorgeous. we go for. We gotta name a winner. Um I I like the first one on the NIL at twenty two because it took I I don't even think I probably gave the correct answer. Um, but it was it did make me think about what would I want other than stone cold cash like what would I want the endorsement to be uh, so who who was that one congratulations Chris good job Chris you get the winner of the fifty dollar gift card to our great friends at High Bank you get the free distillery tour the tasting for up to ten people drink the best forget the rest with High Bank Distillery how is ESPN going to handle the Big Ten going forward and do we have cause for concern that's coming up next Bishop and Friends right here on the fan. We're the girthiest radio station in the history of radio. Uncomfortably girthy. This promo is uncomfortable. The Fan, Ohio's girth destiny. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, 
TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. First Friday miracles are always better with Uncle Bo. This is Bishop and Friends. And hey, friends, it's your Uncle Bo here. It's the new year. The help of making some positive changes if you're in your life. And if you're among the millions of men suffering from erectile dysfunction, now is the time to do something about it. If you're tired of the embarrassment, the frustration that comes from suffering from ED, give my friends at Tri-State Men's Health a call today. So many of you out there, mediocre sex life, just good enough. Maybe you've tried the pills or the supplements. It's not working. But if it could be better. What if it could be much better? Tri-State Men's Health Treatments work where the pills and herbals fail. They have treatments with success rates over 90%. Some treatments even have you last an hour or more. Oh, baby. So do yourself a favor. Schedule a consult with Tri-State Men's Health here in Columbus today. Your initial visit, just 99 bucks, includes medical consult with a licensed medical provider, a TNPSA test. If medically advised, a test dose. If that test dose doesn't work, the office visit is free. It's a no-lose win-win for you. Give them a call today. Get your sex life back on track. 100-900-9654 or visit tristatemenshealth.com today. Um, I did see this from Adam Jardy in the uh, in the break that uh, when the Buckeyes host Purdue on Sunday, they're going to welcome back the 98-99 team. Um, that is the team that finished fourth that made the Final Four. Didn't they have to take that down? They take that banner down? Is that the George That's Reese the Final was on Four that team? team yeah, right? Scooney and it, Reese. And yeah, Mike I believe Red. that one is down. Yeah, it suck. Stupid. Well, we all saw it. We, yeah, well, I did. You when are teams... Young. I, yeah, I, I mean, I technically could have seen it, but I did not see it live. When when are schools just going to say no and just start putting things back up, putting things back in their record book? They what should, is the point? Michigan should do it. USC should do it with Reggie Bush, and he should go get his Heisman. Like, yeah, yeah. it's nonsense. It's enough. It's ridiculous that that you're. It was always ridiculous. It was ridiculous in the moment to to do that type of nonsense. The games happen just like the Sugar Bowl. It's ridiculous. I was there. It doesn't make sense as a punishment. Like, what if you? What if Bootsy did something wrong and you said, "Hey, you can't talk about your birthday from last year now." <laughs> right. Okay. But All I right. had the birthday party. Fine. And I still have this birthday party. Okay. Great. Yeah. Great punishment. Yeah. He got. Um, speaking of him, he got a. Um, I'm still holding out. I think I told you guys like the ultimate punishment for him when he really acts up. I've been having it in my back pocket for like six months. No snacks mm-hmm. for a week. Like that's the ultimate one, and that will break him. I mean, that is going to break him. It's his favorite food. It's all he wants. And so he did get a, last week though, he was misbehaving and got a no electronics for a week ban. So we fly tomorrow morning and that's when the ban comes off because I'm not going to deal with him not having an iPad on a six hour flight. Um, but the, the whole week he kept trying every, like every three days, he'd be like, is the week up now? My week's up now, right? Dad, my week's up now. Nope, not full week, buddy. Full week. Was he banking on you forgetting? Yes. Because yeah. he obviously knew the real day. He I was think. banking <laughs> on me not being around when he asked his mom. Uh, and his mom acquiescing to it. Um, I've always said that in regard to College Game Day or ESPN, and I understand that there is a perception by some around here, probably the furthest 
fringes um, that that ESPN has an axe to grind against Big Ten. I push forward. I push back on that about as hard as I can um, from the standpoint of who they hire to represent them in terms of Kirk, in terms of Joey Galloway. Uh, there's been a bunch from Robert Smith used to be there. They've had a bunch of Buckeyes that have come through. And by the way, Ohio State's big business for them. Very, very big business and has been for a long time. And everybody's kind of one with the relationship. But we talked about this a little bit last year and that this was the last time Last year was the last time that you were going to see an affiliation with ESPN. And so that's going away going forward. Now, we've had Reese Davis on. I think we had him on a couple of years ago. And I asked him point blank. I said, you know, when because at that point we knew when ESPN doesn't have any sort of affiliation with a conference anymore, will it continue to take game day to those locations? And he was adamant at the time that they would. And they have. I mean, they go to the Ohio State-Michigan game every year. They haven't had the rights in forever. And, and they, they, go, go, they always go against Fox in that one, too. Like, they're they do. both they go, there. They're always they both head there. Head. They do the same thing with Red River. They go to Red River almost all the time, and that's a Fox production. It used to be um, up until next year when it goes to the SEC. But they've, they've always done, I think, probably the most, had the most integrity when it comes to that, in, in doing what's right for the college football community and going to the best games every single week at, at tremendous cost to themselves because those flights for Herb Street aren't cheap. Flying him from Tuscaloosa to Eugene, private. Like, that stuff is not cheap to, to do that. So they're doing that because it's the right thing to do. But will that continue going forward? Will they continue to do that? And that's something that we won't know until we get into next season. Um, because now they are out of, they are out of agreement with the Big Ten completely now and going forward for a very, very long time. Now there is, the partnership with Fox on the app that was announced last week. We'll ask Ben Koo of Awful Announcing about that coming up in about seven minutes. Um, but I am curious to see how they handle that. I'm also curious why Fox didn't make a run at the playoff. I'm surprised that the college football playoff committee did not go for a more NFL model, and I'm surprised Fox didn't go to bat for this. Um, I don't know if they did or didn't, but obviously this seemed to go pretty quick with ESPN. It was kind of like, we like this. We'll just stay with it. We're comfortable. Everyone's getting rich. We'll stay. Did Fox not make a serious run? I, I wonder if it like, was there like a nonstop with the ESPN still gets the, the show to reveal the rankings? Did Fox want any of that? Is that why that they, they stuck with ESPN? But it sounds like beyond, you know, initially maybe talking about it, that it quickly became that no, ESPN is going to be the sole bidder and here's what the number has to be. And if Fox got involved, I don't think ESPN was ever going to give it all away. So it's not that $1.3 billion number. It could have been $500 million for four of the games or the first round or whatever. It, right. it, it could work out. It didn't have to be that exorbitant price tag. Um, I do wonder what we're talking about in the first hour today if it's just the factor that Fox is like, well, where are we going to put playoff games on Thursdays and Fridays and Mondays? Well, they would have if they would have bid though, they could have put them wherever they wanted. That's true. You know, they're only in that spot because ESPN that's where ESPN made wants that. them. Yeah. Yeah, they're only there cuz that's where ESPN wants them. They could put them wherever they wanted, Reese. Yeah, and I also wonder, you know, when that what that three company, I call it a consortium, mm-hmm. when they have that app that comes out like if they were thinking, well, we'll we'll have it anyway or we'll have access to it anyway. We don't need to necessarily go as high as ESPN was willing to go. Because I can't imagine a world where nobody's at least putting a number forward. Like even Amazon, probably, if they were given the the, the shot, like, what's a number? Like, here's a number, but we're not going to go and match that, an, a, 
ridiculous number like the one year. I mean, again, we'll look back on this and say ESPN got it for a bargain, but right now, based off of inventory you have available and then what can you provide to the audience, it's like do these companies want to do that knowing what's coming down with them coming together. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if because of the app, if Fox is interested in that idea that it was in the reports that ESPN could kind of sublease the games out to other networks. And so it could be on Fox, but they're all going for the app anyways. And so anything that drives people to the app is still good yes. for all three entities. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt on that. Well, ask Ben Koo about this. He's the owner and editor and awful announcing. He'll join us coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. This Buckeye Football Impact Report is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse on the fan, Ohio sports destination. Ohio State Football Impact Report. As we dive a bit more into the current class coming into Ohio State, let's talk about Edric Houston, defensive end out of Buford, Georgia. He is Ohio State's top-rated defensive player in this year's recruiting class. Here's Bucknot's recruiting analyst, Bill Curlick. He actually verbal to Ohio State relatively early, but Alabama continued to recruit him, and there was some angst as to who he was going to sign with. He did not sign right away on National Signing Day. He took uh, into the early afternoon, but he got it done. Absolutely one of the country's elite uh, strong side defensive end prospects. Uh, really, Ohio State has very high hopes that can come in and be the next great defensive end for the Buckeyes. Houston enjoyed 12 tackles for loss and five sacks as a senior. This report was brought to you by Safelight Auto Glass. I'm Matt Andrews on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Hi, this is Paul Keels. This Buckeye season, don't let a broken windshield ruin your game plan. Safelight Auto Glass makes it easy to get your windshield fixed with their mobile glass shops all over central Ohio. They can come to you anywhere, giving Buckeye fans more time for game time. OH? Man, I love that. Schedule at Safelight.com. Safelight Auto Glass is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Bishop and Friends is sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Fast, sustainable weight loss without medications. The solution for weight loss. Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. For more than 35 years, Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse has been known by Buckeye Nation as serving the best steaks in the city. Our thick-cut, aged steaks have been a staple in Columbus with three locations in Upper Arlington, Dublin, and downtown. Hyde Park is proud to introduce our newly added wine room at the downtown Columbus location, where a new elegance in dining will surround you. And coupled with live entertainment every weekend, Hyde Park will be the perfect setting for any occasion or the perfect night out. Hyde Park is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! 
Advice. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Bishop and Friends is sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Fast, sustainable weight loss without medications. The solution for weight loss. Awaken 180 Weight Loss. After putting up with Tom Tiberi for a decade, the broadcast gods gave Bo these two. This is Bishop and Friends. A lot of sports business uh, on the program today for a man who has uh, the pulse of it. We go to the owner and editor of Awful Announcing, great friend of the program, Ben Koo, joining us on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Ben, thanks so much for taking the time. Let's let's start with the news of the last couple of days, and then we'll get into some of the Super Bowl stuff as well. But I did want to start with uh, what appears to be a monster money deal between ESPN and the College Football Playoff Committee, $7.8 billion uh, all the way through the early 2030s between ESPN and, co- and the College Football Playoff in, in terms of that's doubling their year-to-year in terms of what they used to make. Is it your understanding, was there anybody else at the table on this? Because I had always thought that the Big Ten would want Fox to be involved in this and vice versa. Are you surprised that, was this as straightforward as ESPN was in and that's as far as it went? Yeah, it it seems like that with a lot of things that there were people interested and whenever these like really marquee rights come up for bid, everyone kind of goes and talks and presents. But when it comes down to like, all right, what is the neighborhood of the bid that you want to put forth or what sliver of the rights do you want? Nobody really kind of showed uh, the college football playoffs uh, the money that ESPN did. There was a lot of talk that Fox was going to be involved. Um, there were some rumors, but what recently came out was that ESPN's exclusive negotiating window, uh, where all the networks, when they do a big deal, they usually have a window where we can begin to exchange numbers with whoever's selling the rights, but it, only us can kind of be at the table, and that's usually a window where they say, this is our best offer. After this, we might start to look for other sports rights. Uh, This deal was done outside of that window. So, you know, the college football playoff had the opportunity to look at other bids. And obviously there were some rumors back uh, a couple of years ago that Kevin Warren really wanted Fox involved. Mm -hmm. And it looks like no one really got comfortable enough to kind of put down the money that ESPN did. And I don't think ESPN was too proactive in trying to bring in a secondary partner to split the rights, which I think a lot of people thought might happen. Uh, there is some language in the contract that says that ESPN can sub-license some of these games down the road, which is a luxury for ESPN that if they start kind of feeling that this deal isn't great for them or they have scheduling issues um, you know, because they get other contracts, they can potentially offload a game or two or three to another partner, which could be an Amazon or it could be a Fox or a CBS. Yeah, that uh, that part of it's very interesting. It, the other thing that's very interesting to me is when you pay that kind of money, and and we all know this. I mean, the NFL is a rocket ship, but then college football is second in terms of the amount of eyeballs that are on it. Converse to converse to everything else that that's out there to be consumed. They're, they're making television shows. What input do you think ESPN will have on that committee in terms of 
who makes the 12 team playoff and if they go to 16. Yeah, that it, it's so interesting because I, I wrote an article a while ago and I think you might have had me on that mm-hmm. big moon kickoff had kind of become a little bit of a Big Ten homer program and ESPN's game day had been kind of leading towards uh, the SEC. And we really kind of saw that in some of the, the Florida State, uh, Alabama was kind of the, the lobbying that happened in Florida State, an undefeated Power 5 team, you know, ended up kind of like being a shoo-in. And then there was a lot of uh, commentary and, and the route. So I think it does play a role. Um, you know, they, they are very firm when you talk to anyone at ESPN. And if we write something, sometimes we'll hear from their PR mm-hmm. folks. They really hate the insinuation but, you know, this is, uh, this is the system we live in, and money talks, and, you know, the college football playoff and the NCAA, they're going to get more money if the ratings are better and there's more advertising dollars there, and there's just a lot of more money on the table when, you know, Boise State doesn't make a, uh, you know, in the old school, the BCS championship, and, you know, we rarely, we only saw Cincinnati as a Power 5 team break the 14 playoff. Um, you know, the, the big brands from the big conferences bring audience and when they get kind of squeezed out, um, it, it, it trickles down and that is definitely kind of in the back of the mind here and there. And, you know, it's hard to deny that at some level it, it's playing a role, but is it a direct call from Bob Iger to, you know, whoever's in charge of the committee? I think it's the Michigan AD. I don't think so, but I think, you know, at cocktail hours and, you know, back channeling. I, I think there's there's a little bit going on there, and it's kind of hard to deny. How are they going to work in Saban on game day? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question because they they have said Lee Corso will still be on the show in some capacity, and I think some people, or probably a lot of people, have been kind of watching Corso and thinking, you know, when is going to be the last year uh-huh. of Corso? And now you have Pat McAfee, so. I think Nick is probably going to rotate in and out of the show in terms of like what segments he's there. I think there are some high energy segments that they like. And I think the show is trending to try to attract a younger audience. You see that with the music guests, you see that with what campuses they're going to, um, that, you know, play well to Pat McAfee. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be on the show all the time in terms of on set, you know, and where they kind of rotate people in and out. But I think when they are doing game analysis, you know, him and Kirk will really kind of be front and center. And then, you know, when they are kind of doing more fun things uh, to kind of rev up the crowd and draw a reaction and, you know, have more kind of comical things happening, I think you might see him kind of step aside for some of those segments. Talking to Ben Koo, owner and editor at Awful Announcing, uh, finger on the pulse when it comes to the sports media business side of things. Uh, what did you make of the Super Bowl bo- uh, broadcast, Ben? You know, I it, it was all eyes on Tony Romo. You know, his stock really soared out of the gate when he went to CBS, and it's been a little bit on a decline to the point where last year in the offseason, uh, CBS's chairman, and a couple of executives went to go visit Tony to kind of talk to him about getting him on the right track. Some people called it an intervention. So this was kind of like a big year for him. And it's a year that, you know, as we just saw, Tony had the Super Bowl. And I think it just was more of the same. I don't think it was uh, a kind of a, 
additionally poor performance for him, but I think he was talking a lot, especially in kind of the final moments when, um, you know, I think the, the crowd reaction and Jim Nance could have probably narrated some of that, you know, what was happening. Um, he just seems to be kind of, you know, a lot of people just say he, he feels like he's paid to speak by the word. Mm-hmm. And I think, as a viewer, you notice it, and he's doing too much. You you want to tell him you're doing too much. If he came up to you at a party and talked as rapidly and and as long as he did, would you continue to stand and listen to Tony Romo? I would like chug my drink and go. I got to get another drink to give myself some room uh, from Tony. So I I think there's been too much Tony, um, and I don't know how they can fix that, especially when they made that effort last year. Greg Olson is, um, you know, taking a step down at Fox with Tom Brady coming in. You know, we did see Phil Sims get moved off of the main broadcast mm-hmm. at CBS into the studio. We also saw that with our own Buckeye Clark Kellogg when he called the Final Four National Championship game for a few years, and then they moved him to the studio. Is it something where they would think about making a move? It, it's possible, but um, yeah, I don't think that Super Bowl helped his. Uh, standing at CBS and the fans in general. It almost felt like that even as he was signing off, like, I love you, Jim, and all that stuff. It's almost like he knew something. But the contract, Ben, if I'd read it right, it goes all the way through the end of the 20, like 2028, 29 season, and it's $100 bucks. the deal. Like, I mean, yes. that's it's a big – to get out of it would be expensive. And then you'd have to find the replacement. Yeah, all, all of these guys, I think Chris Collinsworth recently said it, like, I love Tony Romo because we all got paid two to three times more. Tony coming in as hot as he did, and he had a kind of a shorter contract. All of a sudden, you saw guys like Jason Witten, who had never called games, and Drew Brees, both of which like flamed out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. They were getting like six million dollar deals, ten million dollar deals a year, and you know, proven guys like Collinsworth and when Troy Aikman moved uh, from Fox to ESPN, they were getting you know ten to fifteen million dollars a year. So he does have a big deal. Uh, you know, you feel a little bit better about that if you can park him in the studio and you're getting kind of some value from him. But it would be, you know, a pretty big, you know, you're, you're owning your mistake. And CBS is owned by Paramount, and Paramount is kind of going through a tough time. If you look at their stock price, there's rumors that they're up for sale. So would they want to swallow that cost and bring someone else in? It's a tough call because do you lose money as a company having Tony Romo do these broadcasts? People are generally not tuning away from a broadcast because Tony's annoying. Maybe they're turning down the volume and meeting him. So it's hard to make the business case, but in terms of like the satisfaction of the viewers, you know, it is something that, you know, I I handicapped that maybe they're, I think they put a six to one odds chance that Greg Olson could potentially go to CBS this offseason. And I think that maybe increased a little bit after the Super Bowl, just how people received him during the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was it was interesting, to say the least, the way it all finished up. Good talking to you as always, buddy. Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks for having me on. All right. That's Ben Koo, owner-operator at Awful Announcing, joining us on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. You're officially endorsed. Three things on this first Friday coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We aim to punch you in the face with as many games as we can. You're home of the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, Crew, and Browns. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Pull up a stool and ask the bartender for something neat. Because Uncle Bo is on the radio. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, Reese, what do you have in the poll? Daily Fan Poll sponsored by ER Auto Care, Masters of Our Craft. Today's fan poll asks, how many of their final five games will the Ohio State women's basketball team win? They've got tonight against Nebraska, next Thursday against Penn State, then Maryland and Michigan and at Iowa to round out the regular seasons. The Daily Fan Poll asks, how many of them, two or less, three, four, or all five? Four is getting 50% of the respondents. That leads the way. Five going unbeaten for the rest of the year. So they've won 11 in a row. So... Four the most, then five, then three, and then haters say two. Wait, the leading vote getter was they're going to win four or five? They're going four. Four of their next so four, five. Four of their next five. Yeah. We're talking about. I, sorry, I'm just women's, women's basketball. Okay, team. Women's, okay. They have that's five women. games left to go in the regular season. At first, I thought we were talking about the men's team and losses, and then it turns into no, wins. No, no, okay. No, 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 I just. No. They, okay. That makes a lot more lose. sense then, yes. They're going to say they're going to lose to Caitlin Clark at Iowa. That's it, and win the rest. That's the. Uh, I believe that's her last home game, too. Woofta. Talk about chance to play spoiler twice. Right. Brief. Um, all right. It's a first Friday. Hit it. Bishop and Friends present First Friday. Officially endorsed because everyone deserves two Fridays. Sponsored by Sugar Shannara Accident Attorneys. We go to war for you at warforyou.com. That's warforyou.com. You drink for the wrong reasons. My generation, we drink because it's good. Because it feels better than unbuttoning your collar. Because we deserve it. We drink because it's what men do. So this one kind of fits for Valentine's Day for the fellas out there. Um, I had mentioned uh, earlier, and about a month ago, I had uh, High Banks in bottle Midnight Manhattan as my officially endorsed. Here's a way to just put a little spin on that and give it even a little. It's such it's so good on its own, but just I made one slight uh, variation off of that bottle build, and I just made it a a chocolate Manhattan. So to do so, I just took your standard high bake Midnight Manhattan, which again is great on its own on the rocks as an after dinner drink, all of those things. But then I just added a half ounce of sweet vermouth. And then two shakes of chocolate bitters and pour that over rocks, a big rock or neat, however you like your Manhattans and enjoy. And it kind of, kind of works for, uh, this Valentine's Day as well. And it works as you're officially endorsed on this fine first Friday. Time for three things. Hit it. One, two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me, um, we are, we just finished the penultimate episode of season five of Fargo. And it is extraordinary. I think that there was actually an Academy Award winning movie that was in the middle of this season, but they decided to make it a 10 episode TV series as well. But this, for this line alone, Remember I told you how he said, you, the one guy goes, you, you told me I was a housewife, she's a tiger. Remember that? Yeah. So this was the line that was said last night in the penultimate episode. A tiger can't fight in a cage. Now a tiger is free. Let's go. Let's go. This is, it's fantastic. Season five, Fargo, incredible. First one for me, staying on theme with Valentine's Day. And this one, 
It's a little unique to us because our wedding anniversary is January 22nd, so it's not that long since we did something. So we actually, and I prefer this, and if you can sell it to your significant other, I think it's a good way. Scale down Valentine's Day a little bit and just do something that you both enjoy. We're just going to a, a local restaurant that we that we really like. We're not breaking out the huge bank on it, and I think that's what it's more about. It's just about spending time with your Valentine, and it doesn't have to be something exorbitant. Save that for the birthdays and the anniversaries. Just make Valentine's Day a night for you guys to put away whatever you're busy with and do something together. Good luck. First thing on this Valentine's Day for me, the new home kit for your Columbus crew is out. And while it does look like a Charlie Brown shirt, it's still pretty cool. And you know what makes it even better? It's got three stars on it. It's got three stars. It's got a pattern. It's cool, man. People complain to complain. I don't know how you can have People hate everything. This looks wonderful. It's a good looking kit, man. Um, number, number two for me. So we are flying out tomorrow to the West Coast. And so uh, for the first time, we are going to board Buddy Garrity. So up to this point, we've had either dog walkers or dog sitters watch him. And so the wife's a little nervous about this. This is It's a strange place for me because as a kid, we just left the dogs home alone. And they fended for themselves. And they seemed fine by the time we got back. They knew where their food was and the way or they hunted. I don't know what they did. We never questioned it. Um, but the amount of snacks, treats, cow feeders. My God. It is a ridiculous laundry list of things to make the young champion feel like he's at home. Um, and in the end... He, he's a dog, but I think he'll be just fine. But my wife, you'd think like she, we're leaving one of the boys, quite honestly. To her, it's like every con- every contingency plan is in place. J-Lo always wants to pay for like the extra services, like dog tuck-in type stuff whenever we board kit. And I'm like, what does that even mean at night? She has to eat. And they trick you because it's like, oh, it's only $4. And it's like, yeah, but it's $4 seven times. That's correct. And then you do three of them. And like multiplication. There's a camera on him. So we can monitor him when we're away. Second one for me. New Chops TV dropped uh, earlier this hour. We talked about everything but the football at the Super Bowl and even some of the football. It just kind of filtered in as well. Plus, we updated on our Watch Through the Fast and Furious movies. We got through six, seven, and eight this weekend and a discussion, a little long form on Best Picture nominee, Poor Things, which we saw in the theaters last week. Get Chops TV wherever you get podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok, both under at underscore Chops TV. Speaking of movies, the film My Dead Friend Zoe will premiere at South by Southwest in March. The uh, film's described as a darkly comedic drama about a U.S. Army veteran, the dead best friend she can't let go, and her estranged grandfather. The film stars Ed Harris, uh, and he's credited as an executive producer in that movie alongside Travis Kelsey. There you go. So He's in. involved in everything Coming to now. a theater near you, I guess. There you go. That's very, very good. Uh, number three for me, I I think the funniest thing in sports media right now is Christopher Mad Dog Russo doing whatever he does on ESPN yelling about things close to a camera. He's complaining about Kelsey and Swift. It's two and a half minutes just unhinged, and he just walks right up to the camera like a maniac. It's almost like an SNL skit, but you know Russo, so you know it's not. It's my favorite thing right now on sports television. I love it. Last thing for me, I was reading about the uh, Chiefs parade. It's, uh, I think it's supposed to be today, right? It's it starting right now. Yeah, and so uh, I, reading about the route and stuff, and I'm like, man, it would just be so fun to bring one of those championship parades to Columbus. I, I would be out there. I'd probably be shirtless by the end of it. We could do our show out there. It would be right in that sweet spot, oh, yeah. most likely. So maybe the Blue Jackets can get that done someday, but I'm yeah. not holding my breath. 
Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, they gave Steve Spagnolo a four-year contract extension, and there is reporting that Mad Dog Russo is getting an extension with ESPN because I'll I'll echo that that it's like amazing. a career renaissance for him just being himself, and it's wildly more entertaining than a lot of things that they've tried to do over the last couple of years. It's outstanding. I, I absolutely love all of it. Enjoy your first Friday. I'm out the next couple of days. Uh, the boys will keep it between the navigational beacons. Rothman and Ice coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. One, two, three. Here in The Fan is always football o'clock. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, Browns, and all the NFL games you can handle. The Fan. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling from Co-1-800-GAMBLER. The Cavs look to bounce back tonight after the first loss in February on Monday to the 76ers. Cleveland is an 8.5 point favorite and minus 360 on the money line at ESPN Bet. Donovan Mitchell's over-under point total is 26.5. Cleveland has the 7th best odds to win the NBA championship at 25-1. to For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good afternoon. I'm Ryan Baker. The Ohio State men's basketball team dropped to 14 and 11 on the year and 4 and 10 in the Big Ten with a 62 to 54 loss to Wisconsin last night. Bruce Thornton led the way with 18 points. Stephen Crow led the Badgers with 16. The Buckeyes are back in action Sunday at one, hosting number two Purdue. Things are much better for the OSU women's basketball team. They're number one in the Big Ten at 12 and one, and number two in the AP poll. They're back at home tonight facing Nebraska at seven. The Huskers are coming off an upset win over number four Iowa on Sunday. Matt Andrews and Katie Motter-Henniger have the call at 645 over on 1460 ESPN. And the Cleveland Cavaliers play their final game before the All-Star break tonight when they host the Chicago Bulls at 730. This one's sponsored by Nature Stone. Schedule your free cost estimate today at naturestone.com. It's not just a floor. Wow. It's Nature Stone.